Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, November 28th. We are here live. We are going to open the phone lines right now. It is a free-for-all. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone and join me. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. Calls are starting to come in, so jump in right now, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. I'm going to get right to the calls. I did record a commentary this morning that should get posted here in the next couple of hours or so. So keep an eye out in the app. Um, mostly, I talked about the possibility of a rail strike, so I'm not going to cover it really deep right now. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, if it does, it could happen on December 9th, not that far away. I'm pretty sure Congress is going to step in. Uh, I wish they wouldn't. I I hate this excuse that they're too big to fail. It will destroy our economy. Uh, yeah, that's how free markets work. If the rail, if the unions and the railroad companies and the workers can't figure out how to work together, well, then maybe they shouldn't work. Let them go on strike. Let them figure it out. Be good for trucking if they go on strike. Horrible for our economy, no doubt. It will be rough on a lot of people. But I just really wish government would stay the hell out of business. We'll see what happens. I doubt, like I said, the the last time they went on strike was 1991. It lasted one day. And then Congress stepped in and then there was a smaller part of one of the other unions in the railroad system went on strike for two days and then Congress stepped in. So I doubt very much we'll see any big impact, although just leading up to those days, if there's no decision made, the railroad stops putting uh, produce on the rail. They stop putting, you know, most of the important stuff that has to get there. People will stop putting on the rail. Um, just in anticipation of the strike. So we'll see what happens. Uh, The other thing that um, I've been paying a lot of attention to, actually spending quite a bit of time on Twitter, of all things, after ignoring them for as long as they've been around. I tried Twitter way, way back in the beginning, didn't really get it. And then I missed the fact that it had turned into a kind of a news and business platform. I stayed away from it because of the heavy censorship. Um, All the tech companies were doing it. We've been censored and banned and deleted on YouTube, Facebook, uh, never on Twitter because even though I had an account, it was completely inactive. Uh, I hadn't logged into Twitter in well over a decade probably since about the first year they were around was the last time I logged in. Uh, But now that Elon Musk took over, it is really interesting. First off, I I realized I was missing a lot of good content. It's much, much easier on Twitter to follow somebody and see everything they post. 
you have much more control on Twitter over what you see than you ever did on Facebook. And Facebook was constantly changing how things would show up in your feed. Twitter is getting better all the time, by the way. Um, they're working pretty hard on it. The interesting thing is they, they I think he fired, I don't know, like 75% of all the people that worked at Twitter. Uh, it's hard to keep up with some of this stuff. It's happening so fast. And yet the company seems to be working better than ever. The real shock here, though, is the, well, I don't know if it's a shock, but the the left the progressive left is absolutely losing their mind over this because Elon Musk reinstated Donald Trump and he reinstated the Babylon Bee. And he's, I think he's this week, I think he'll reinstate everybody that's ever been banned. And then they'll work from there, which is exactly what should happen. It's just so insane how, when a sitting president was deleted from the platform and groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS still had accounts, or even Black Lives Matter, as controversial and, and as violent as they were, they still had an account. So it wasn't just censorship. It was very, very targeted censorship that was the problem. Now, what the right did was they complained about it a little bit and then they went and created their own versions. Parlor and several others popped up and now that Elon Musk is there and Elon Musk is no far right wing radical. He's voted Democrat his entire life up until now. He's actually uh, came out and he's supporting DeSantis. Uh, for 2024 if he decides to run. But he's not a right-wing, radical conservative by any stretch of the imagination. The First Amendment, freedom of speech, was a liberal talking point forever. I don't know what happened with that. But anyway, um, I would highly encourage you, if you're not on Twitter, give it a shot. Go back and give it another shot for a couple reasons. One, there is really good information there. And two, I think we need to support the tech platforms that are honoring free speech. If Twitter becomes popular enough, and it's growing like crazy, by the way, the activity is way up on Twitter right now. Good activity. The, the trick on Twitter is find the right people to follow. Then your feed becomes very interesting. I'm up to... I don't know, like 170 or 180 people I follow now, really good information all day long. It cut my research time in half because I used to have to go find all of these articles in the news myself. Now I find about half my articles just scrolling through Twitter. The people that I follow have already found them for me. So it, it cuts my research time way down. But I really think we need to support any of these platforms that are willing to truly allow free speech balanced, nobody targeted because of their political views. If that happens and Twitter grows, the other platforms will have to do the same. There's, um, there was actually kind of a controversy going on over the weekend. The, these left groups 
are trying to pressure Apple and Google to take Twitter, the app, out of their stores so you wouldn't be able to get the app on your phone. If Google and Apple take, and Google and Apple did that to a couple of the companies that tried to start up Parler, I think. Um, so as soon as that became kind of a trend, that these left groups were calling for Apple and Google to, to take the Twitter app out of their store, Elon Musk tweeted, if they do, he's, he doesn't want them to, but if they do, he said he would build his own phone as an alternative. It's hard to screw with the richest man in the world. They're trying. They are coming after him hard. The Congress is calling for investigations. It's just, uh, it's pretty insane, really. But he says if Google and Apple want to play, he'll play and he'll make his own phone. And I can honestly say as much of a... Uh, a loyal Apple fan as I've been in a, we've been as a company for a long, long time, I would switch phones. If Apple does that, I would switch phones. Now, I'm still going to use Apple products, obviously. I'm probably keep my Apple phone for whatever I needed it for, but I would support another phone platform. There's a lot of this going on right now. This is what uh, we've spent our entire year since February, since I got booted off of SiriusXM, we've spent this entire year building our own platforms. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of expense. But in order to do what we're doing right now, to be live streaming, to have call-in shows available, to do everything, to have remote host, all of the things we're doing requires a lot of technology and software. And right now we've just hacked a bunch of stuff together and we're using other platforms to make this work, but I don't want to depend on other platforms. So we're building our own. So if you haven't checked out Twitter lately, check it out. All right. Uh, I'm going to get to the calls. Calls are light right now. So if you want to jump in, now would be a great time. Anything goes 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. We're going to get started today in Louisiana. Charlie, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, so I sent in an oil sample actually last week on the Power Hour, and I got bumped out because of the technical difficulties. Yes. Um, so I was wondering if you could take a look at this. Let's see if I've got it here. I believe I do. All right, we're looking at an X-15. What year is this? Uh, 2018. Okay, so are you using Catalyst? Yes. And, and now I have, been, I have been in this truck since day one. Um, it's, I've been in, you know, I bought it from the company after it had 300,000 miles on it. And the well, last wait. four uh, oh, samples were hold, pretty good. Hold on, so... The company had it for the first 300,000 miles, but you drove it. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Then you bought it, and your first sample was back in July of 2021. Um, Correct. I'm assuming sample number four was just a mistake on the unit time. 
Yeah, they okay. forgot a zero. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So we are at 506,000 miles on the engine, about 39,000 miles on this oil. The one thing I'm noticing that has been very, very consistent is that every sample you've had has been flagged for base. This engine is is really going through a lot of base. Um, Yes, that's what, you know... That's I not haven't a, ever had to, you know, haven't had, I haven't had to add any oil between oil changes. I've just been driving it, and I guess I guess I need to put some base in it. <laughs> I, I would put but, some base because you are chronically low. You you're getting under the two mark. This time you got under one. You're down to point six basically on base. Right. Now, yeah. there's a couple yeah. things about that. One, we want to make sure we get some base in there to protect the engine. Um, two, I'm wondering right. why this is occurring. One of the things I might try, uh, I would try a different oil. Okay. I mean, you, well, I you mean, could... I've just been going with what our, our, you know, I've just been using what the company has, which is the synthetic Dello, you know, um, so... Yeah, I would try something different. I this I this isn't holding up well. My my first recommendation on oil is always just grab some Rotella synthetic. Just get a, a T6. If you okay. want a full synthetic, just get Rotella T6, 30 weight, right. and let's see if the base holds up better. If it doesn't, then you're okay. just going to have to get on a schedule of probably adding base around 20,000 miles is when you're going to need to add some base. Right. Other than that, um, are you are you running Catalyst? Yes. Okay, so that's why the iron is high, and none of your other wear metals are yeah. are anything to worry about at all. Now, this last sample, this wasn't a problem, but something went wrong on this last sample. Um, what are you using for air yeah, filters? That's what had me worried. Uh, just the stock paper filter that they put in it. How often do you change it? Uh, well, I, I don't know when the last time was they changed it. I know they monitor the little gauge that it's got on it saying when it's who's, who's they, up, you know, who's, who's they, um, I, the shop, my, my company shop. We, I do all the service at my company. Why would you let them make that decision? We have, at our, well, they've been doing the maintenance on the truck since day one. So yeah, well, let me let me tell you something about fleets and maintenance. Most fleet maintenance programs suck. They've gotten into very, uh, well, very... Well, well, hold on. They've gotten into very, okay. very okay. bad practices because it makes sense for them. I understand why they do it. They now realize they can buy new trucks... They replace them. Almost every fleet replaces their trucks somewhere between 400 and 600,000 miles, depending on what's going on with truck prices and availability and all kinds of other factors. But they know that there's a lot of maintenance they can skip or not do it ideally, and it will never affect them. In fact, it's good for them. It's good for their bottom line. They spend less on maintenance, and it doesn't affect that truck while they own it. But it does affect the next owner, the, the secondary market. Right. Typically, owner-operators like you buying these trucks from fleets, they don't maintain them well. So I wouldn't let that shop make those decisions. 
that that you should be making the decision wow. when to change your air filter, not them. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, actually, ours is a very small, independent company. It's a family-owned business. I, I, I get all that. Hold on. They, they, before you justify, they, they, hold on. They, I, before you justify this, don't okay, don't right. justify it. You, I don't care if they're the best shop in the world. You should make those decisions, not them. They have no skin in the game. Right. If your if your oil gets dirty and you start seeing wear metals. That's not their problem. You, and you might have the yeah. best shop manager, the best mechanic. That'll change someday. And you won't even realize it. So you should be having them do the work is fine. I, I love it when you've got a captive shop like that, that you can build a relationship and get work done. But you should know when that air filter gets changed because you should be the one deciding that. Did they review this oil sample? No, I well, haven't then, taken it to them yet. Well, then, okay. yeah, you're letting people make decisions that don't even have all the information. So okay. something went wrong with the intake system on this last sample. Typically, if they leave a filter in too long, it actually filters better. Uh-huh. It filters better, but it, it's hard on the engine because it restricts airflow too much. I don't know what happened right. to this. If they changed it too soon, we shouldn't have seen a number this high. So somebody needs to go back in there and look. Is that air filter torn? Is the gasket in good shape? Is it seating properly? Because you're getting you're getting enough dirt that it's going to start causing problems. Your, your wear metals did go up slight other than iron. We just ignore iron because of the catalyst, but chromium went up, um, copper went up. That could be the beginning of that, that dirt getting in the engine and doing damage. So, um, we need to swap oils, see if our base holds up better. If not, you're going to start adding base. Um, something else went, weird on this did this engine get hot at any point no it's no it's never overheated yeah your oxidation went way up too yeah well that might have been i was my apu went down and i was actually idling the engine for about a month before i got my apu repaired yeah, I don't think that's it, though, because I, I, I'm not really seeing soot didn't go up, fuel dilution didn't go up. Those are the things if we're idling too much. And it, most of these new engines are very, very efficient at idle. They're not using much more fuel than an APU does. They, they idle on very low right. amounts of fuel. They're not producing a lot of soot when they're idling. They're actually pretty efficient idlers, but your oxidation jumped up quite a bit. Um, which typically is heat-related. I mean, your oil didn't get any older. You've been doing these samples right at about 40,000 miles, so that that didn't change. Uh, I would just keep an eye on that. Um, I, I would switch oils the next time you change, and I would start looking to figure out where this dirt's coming from right now. So is that where the potassium is coming from? The no, the, the potassium, I forgot I was going to go back to that. Since we don't have sodium, the potassium doesn't concern me. It's not a coolant leak because if okay. it did, we'd have sodium 
you know, at about the same level. My guess is you've either okay. been pulling in and out of plants that use a lot of chemicals somewhere, or you've already been on roads that have been treated for ice. Well, I... I'm a tanker, so I go into chemical plants all oh, that's, the time. That's probably that's why all I do. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're just picking that up out of the atmosphere somewhere. It's, it's fairly common. We oh, do okay. see it a lot more in the winter time right. because the all the stuff we put on roads is either sodium right. based or potassium based. So we usually get a jump in okay. one or the other for you know trucks that have been on heavily treated roads. But when we only see one, okay, we don't get concerned. It's not right. coolant. Okay. All right. Well, that had me worried when I saw that 414. Yeah. 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 It's it's worrisome when you see it, but as long as you don't see both, you're just picking it up out of the atmosphere somewhere. Okay. Well, that makes me feel much better. (laughs) Good. So I'll see about getting some base in this thing, and then uh, hopefully the next oil sample comes out better. There you go. Sounds good. Give me a call when you get it, and uh, we'll go over it. Okay. Um, I was just curious. Can you see uh, my my tracking on my uh, on my profit gauges, or is that I, something I have to send you? Like, no. If what I can do, um, I can put you back on hold if you want, and Angie will pull up the information so I don't have to try to look for it while I'm talking. And then okay. we'll bring you I back just, on I and we can to, go over it. Yeah. Now we, we can do that. I'm going to put you back in the queue right now. Um, one of the reasons we can do it is because I have no other calls. So jump in and join us. I know it's after a long holiday weekend. Everybody's tired. Uh, lately, calls have been really, really heavy. So I really didn't prepare much today. Um You're either going to have to call or I'm going to have to wing it, one of the two. So pick up the phone and join me, 855-950-3835. Let me make sure Angie got that. Uh, Yes, okay. So we've got some calls coming in. I do have the info I need to get into profit gauges here. We need to figure out an easier... Well, actually, I know we're working on this um, in our app. We will be able to do these kind of things much easier. Oil sa- actually, we have a pretty good system for oil samples, but checking fuel gauges, checking profit gauges, some of those things are still a little cumbersome in the background. I have to try to log in, and um, we are setting up our new broadcast platform so that the call screener will be able to send that stuff directly to me. It may even be automated. Uh, so let me see if I can figure out how to get over there. We're looking for profit gauges. I have to, it's been a while. Oh, here we go. I remember how to do this. It's actually been a while. There we go. We can do that and that. And then let me get to some reports. Our system really is good. Um, 
All right, I'm going to go back to the phones. Looks like calls are starting to come in, but I am going to go back to Charles in Louisiana. Uh, Charles, we did manage to pull that up. What do we want to look at here? Well, I just wanted to let people know that there's still plenty of work out here. <laughs> look at what I've been doing. <laughs> you look at what I've been doing. Uh, I haven't been doing too bad for a year. Actually, I'm looking at your your uh, reviews here. It looks pretty darn awesome. Holy cow! A um, dollar yeah. ninety profit per mile. A dollar ninety. Right. That is. You yeah. know, I, I still remember times when, and we may get back to this. I don't know if we'll get down. There was a time, it wasn't unusual, you had to make due on a dollar ninety in gross revenue. You're doing that in profit. Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a really good sign. Well, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to let it, people know that it, it is possible if you watch your numbers. Is I mean, that, I know uh, my cost of fuel and... I've had a lot of expenses, but still, I'm making really good money. Yeah, absolutely. The numbers look fantastic. And is that your truck? Yes. I showed it to you at the Louisville. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. That's why it caught my... It's a beautiful truck, by the way. Love that design. Thank you. I actually... um, I'm kind of designing remodeling and redesigning the studio because we want to start doing more um video and what i really want behind me i want old barn wood i want to cover the whole wall behind me in old barn wood and then i want a graphic almost identical to yours kind of I, i want the wood whitewashed and then i want that graphic put on it i think that's gorgeous cool That'd look great. Yeah, that would. <laughs> Obviously, I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Fantastic. All right, good stuff. Um, call me okay. back when uh, when you right, get that next you. sample. You're welcome. We'll take a look at that and see what we can figure out. Calls are starting to come in. Let's go to Connecticut. Danny, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Yeah. Um, this 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 past week turned out pretty good for me. Um, you know, I'm originally from Massachusetts, and my mom, sister, and brother are still up here. And I got me a pretty good load, 20 miles from home, came up here, and um, so I got to spend it with the. Uh, Thursday, we're at my sister's with a bunch of other people, and oh, good! I and and picked this load up. I had a reload coming out. Now, getting out of Man Massachusetts for three bucks a mile is pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Going, you know. So, and I did three forty coming up. For nice. which flatbed and wasn't any weight, so but I don't get to visit all that much, so you got to look at that part of it too. Oh, absolutely! And when you can make that kind of money to go visit somebody, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, 
I ordered some of your uh, that that mushroom coffee and the uh, hot chocolate. Okay. Uh, the the hot chocolate was more or less for the the wife there, but the she read the ingredients there. And she didn't like the um, the coconut sugar. How much is in there? Because she's she's following Doctor Berry's. Tiny, tiny. Yeah, I figured amounts. it wasn't a lot. It, it, it's it, here's the way you can tell. It, just drink it. It has zero sweetness. I mean, there's a little bit of coconut sugar in there because raw cacao is so bitter. I mean, if you've ever tried, you know, when when you start eating dark chocolate, and people start off with like seventy percent dark and think that it's bitter. Um, get up to 90% once and try it. And then I've eaten chocolate that is made from 100% cacao. It is brutal. I mean, it is really, really, it, it not only is it bitter, but it there's no depth to it at all. I mean, it, the flavors are almost flat. Yeah. It, it needs a little bit of 80, sugar. 85 is... Yeah, eighty-five is my limit. Exactly. So you know. So imagine now when they when on that label it says raw cacao on that that drink, that's one hundred percent. That's pure cacao. You know yeah. what that's going to taste like? It tastes awful. Most people won't drink it. I think they did an amazing job. One using coconut sugar because it has minerals, and. Coconut sugar is not very sweet. It's not as high in carbs, and they're using a very small amount. Um, I the the benefits. And look, uh, and I, I drink just just I drink two to three packets of that a day most days. Yeah, the the reishi the reishi that's in there has been just amazing for me. That was the predominant adaptogen when I worked with Danielle. That was the one she wanted me to really focus on. So I did. I have the coffee that has reishi in it. I have the hot chocolate that has reishi in it. I have an elixir that has reishi in it. And the changes have been pretty incredible. I would not worry about a little bit of coconut sugar. Well, I don't, but she's... Anyway, Dr. Berry does his... Let me say this. YouTube. Yeah. I would rather her do, I I would rather her be afraid of small amounts of sugar than be the opposite. So I'm not going to criticize her for just staying away from sugar completely. It's not going to hurt anything. That's for sure. So um, it's really not that bad of a thing for her to say, no, there's a little bit of sugar. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Um, Oh, another thing. I, uh, market basket it's, uh, up here in the northeast grocery chain. I stopped in. I'm like, let me see if they got any uh, beef heart. They actually had a whole beef kidney. Oh, boy. That is the one organ meat I just can't and it was. It was cheap. Like, <laughs> it's you know, cheap because it's nobody wants for it. Big- I know. That's because nobody wants it. If you're not, if you didn't grow up English in Britain somewhere, you're probably not going to deal very well with kidney. I, I, I can handle liver. Heart is no problem at all. I've eaten 
gonads and, you know, every organ just about in the animal. I tried kidney one time. I, I couldn't do it. Cleaning it was bad enough. I was gagging. It smells exactly what you think a kidney would smell like. And it tastes just like that, too. I've tried everything. I just can't do it. It, it well, now liver is kind of like mushy because it's not a muscle, but the, the kidney is. To me, it kind of has a. I only took a few bites of it because I only cooked a small little piece. What I was going to do is grind it up and mix it with hamburger. That would work. And see if I. Uh, can although I have a feeling. Away, but. I have a feeling you will dilute the smell, but you won't get rid of it completely. Well, I figured for two sixty nine for I don't know if, a couple of pounds or whatever it was. It's you, not a, a lot of money. Well, and you may find that you like it. I mean, it may work. The 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 English eat kidney pie, and they seem to like it. I beef, I tried beef heart it. Is, I should, oh, beef, I love beef heart. Heart. It, it, most people don't I realize do, heart uh, is like a good lean cut of steak. That's what heart is exactly like a good, lean cut of steak. Almost like a, it's pretty darn close to a New York strip. I can get that at home at uh, Ingalls, which is another grocery chain down in the southeast. And, and again, it's, it's already cut up. I just, uh, and it's cheap, you know, it's like a dollar something for a pack. And I'm like, I'd buy, I'd, I'd buy every pack they got. Yeah. There. Yeah. Heart, and, heart you know, makes I just the best jerky. Like yeah, or just cook it like a good lean steak. Leave it very rare when I eat it. I like my steaks very rare. So I only bring it up to about 120, maybe 125. Um, the One of the best ways to do yeah. it is, is sous vide. What is that? So, I heard you say that. I don't yeah, that's actually the, the the way we started cooking the yogurt because we found it was the best way to do I've been using sous vide for, for well over a decade. So the way you cook in sous vide is you put your food inside some sort of a container. A lot of people use those, you know, they seal it into plastic bags with a food sealer. Uh, I don't like that because I don't want my food cooking in plastic like that. So I did get, yeah, yeah. I got silicon bags and you don't seal them. You don't suck the air out of them and seal them. They're just reusable silicon bags. So you don't have any plastic or any weird chemicals to leach out. And you just put the food in the bag. Then you put the bag in the water and then you stick your sous vide machine. They're, they're just, they look like towers. Um, and you just stick that in, you clip it onto the container, whatever container you're putting water in, and you can set a very precise temperature down to like tenths of a degree. So you set the sous vide for whatever temperature you want your steak. So if you want your steak rare, uh, 125 to 130, I like really rare, so I go to 120, and you just stick it in there and you let it, you can start it off frozen. It works just fine to start with frozen just takes a little longer. It will take about an hour to get a, a frozen steak up to that 120 degrees. But if you left it in there for three hours, it doesn't hurt anything. 
Nothing changes because it's never going to get hotter than 120 degrees. So then you take it out and you have a perfectly cooked steak. And then I, I sometimes I'll just use my kitchen torch and I'll sear the outside of the steak. Or sometimes I'll just throw it in a screaming hot cast iron with a little bit of uh, ghee and I'll, I'll sear the outside like that. It's a great way to cook meat. I like cast iron. Yeah, I love finishing in cast I iron. I do most. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, on that phone call with uh, Dr. Wilson's assistant there, and I ordered, she had, she had recommended a bunch of their supplements, which I'd ordered, and, and they their, their blood tests, she sent me three different um, types of tests. And they're, you know, they range from like 500 to 900 for blood tests. Now, some of them I had already done, like some of the, the I guess, toxic metals. And okay. I got to figure out if I can just do some of them, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little leery about spending all that money for some blood tests and, you know, find out what I already know. There was some macronutrients and stuff like that. Other, you know, that some of the tests I've already done with a different lab. I know they want to do their labs, but what do you so, recommend? So do you have a specific problem you're trying to solve or you just want to feel better overall? My blood pressure. My blood pressure. Okay, so you've been doing all the right stuff and your blood pressure still won't come down. It's erratic. Okay. That then that's actually yeah, that's one. actually more con Now, let me ask you this. Is it erratic if you test consistently? And what I mean by that is you you should we could treat this when we have a blood pressure issue, we should treat it the way we treat blood sugar. We should always do a fasting first thing in the morning, blood pressure. We should sit down with our feet flat on the floor, our arms supported on arms of a chair, and we should sit quietly for about five minutes. Don't talk, don't move around, right. and then take it. And if you're doing that and you're getting very inconsistent results, yeah, then we've got a problem. We need to go figure out what it is. If, you, if you're just saying it's inconsistent because one time you check it in the morning and then the next time you check it after you got out of a hot shower or just when you... It's going to be all over the board. I mean, it's a lot like blood sugar. It can be all over the place. We have to be consistent in the way we test. So is that what you're saying? No matter how it's consistent... It's way too high. You, it's way too high. Okay. Then here's, here's my yeah, answer. Yeah, one... I, I, 150, 160 over 110. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got to get this under control. I would do all of the blood work. I know it's, well, I, I, when I had the problem I was trying to solve, all my joint came, pain came back. I spent almost 2,500 on lab work before I finally figured out what my problem was. Sometimes it's when, now, if you didn't have a problem, a specific problem, if you're just saying, oh, you know, I think I could be a little healthier. Well, yeah, let's not go do all that work and spend all that money. But when you've got a serious medical issue, and this is, that we don't take high blood pressure lightly, and yours is elevated. 
And it shouldn't be. I know the way you eat. I know the things you do. Your blood pressure should not look like that. So, yeah, I, I would just do no, the blood work. See, I checked it. I checked it Sunday at my mom's there. It was it was one forty four over eighty eight. I checked it the next day, and it was up to one fifty five over one hundred five. Now, when you checked that, no were, were you it, it okay. gone up. You were relatively calm, and you were you were doing it correctly, right? And you would have to be doing it really wrong to get a number that high. So yeah, that that's a concern. Now, be yeah, and it's there's no there's no pattern. Like any nothing. There's no pattern. No that's pattern. The word. Right. It's not that makes it's it not harder. Inactivity. Right. It's not activity. Right. It is it, right. If, and it's if there was a aggravating pattern. because it's right. like you you do everything right, and you know this is. Like yeah, we year, we so may find that's out. That's why I call Dr. Wilson. Yeah, and this is why you do have to do more of a deep dive. You have to do more blood work. We may find out that this is some sort of heavy metal. Um, it may be a mold of some kind. Um, aspergillus seems to be really, really common these days. The aspergillus was part of my problem. Um, so, and I did find some heavy metals. My guess is you're going to be high on aluminum. Um, so you may want to start. I, I stopped using aluminum foil does not touch my food anymore. I don't cook in many aluminum. I don't need to use it either. Yeah. I don't cook in many aluminum pans or pots. I don't use any deodorants that have aluminum in them. Um, we almost, almost everybody we test for metals shows high on aluminum. It's just everywhere in our environment anymore. So it could be a heavy metal, could be a, a mold toxin of some kind, but this is serious and I would just do the blood work. I would just do it till you figure out what this is. All right. I'll let you go and uh, we'll talk at you. Maybe later this week. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Sounds good. Let's go to Tennessee. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Um, it's more or less, it's commentary about the power of the show. I wanted, and speaking of commentary, just reminding myself, I, I really enjoy that segment. I thought of a different name. How about Kevin Terry? Kevin um, Terry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, then also, uh, you had a store. Well, you talked about you were at a grocery store, and you had overheard somebody talking about their health, and you um, decided to say something. Well, this is kind of what my Thanksgiving weekend or time was. I'm standing there listening to people talk, in my family and I'm thinking about the show of the things you've said and I want to say these things to get them to think differently and uh, one was about the fat and it's like no that fat's good for you no we want the fat another one was everybody seemed to want Tums for anti-acid <laughs> and I'm thinking I, there's a store I know that can help you I just and and I one of my or one of my family members is an owner operator and it's like do you listen to podcasts 
He didn't have a headset, so I have our two headsets, and I brought. I gave him one, so and I tried oh, to. You know, how much can you push them into into a direction where they can get help? I'm the kind of person that will invest my own money to help other people, but I have to see that that's what they want Absolutely. to do. And right. there are some right. res- results that that are are happening, but I just. This entire Thanksgiving week is just basically being alert to what people say and knowing there are answers. You know, I got somebody asked me to comment on a diet thing. Well, that's all well and good, but if you don't change your diet, it ain't going to work. Yeah. And so... Go ahead. It's just the power of this show of how it's affecting me and the way I think, but I'm, I'm more open to open my mouth and say something. It just lots of times I tumble over my own... On my own tongue. So um, it's just commentary It's a, of this show and its power. Well, thank you. Um, I, and I hope we can keep increasing that reach and that power. And, you know, the, the fat thing still just amazes me how hard it is to get this to die. Um, just recently, I, again, Twitter has opened me up to a lot of people that I just wouldn't see or hear what they were saying. And no matter what topic it is, whether it's health or politics or money, um, whatever topic I'm interested in, the what's really working well for me on Twitter is I can follow people on both sides. And it was I, I wasn't getting much of that when all I did was was um, scroll news feeds. I have news aggregators that, you know, they look for news and pull it in. But on Twitter, it's not news. It's just what people are saying and commenting on. And, and I follow both. So I follow all these vegans um, and, and vegetarians and, and doctors who still prescribe the low-fat, you know, high-fiber, low-calorie diet. And it's just amazing to me that there is so much evidence against this. There's so much evidence supporting the more fat and protein you eat, the healthier you're going to be. I mean, it, it is so clear when you when you see all these examples now they just had a debate this week it was on tv i think it was on bbc or it was on one of those english british channels um and they had two doctors one who is basically a proponent of carnivore uh and the other who is a heavily um influenced vegan who's been a vegan for a long time and pushing veganism for a long time. Um, these types of debates, I think, are, are almost a waste of time. They're, they're really hard to do. It's hard to get your points across. Um, the vegan doctor used the, the heart health study from the early 90s, Dr. Dean Ornish, and they still claim that that is the only diet that was ever proven to reverse heart disease. They, they claim they took people that had heart disease, and when they followed this protocol, their heart disease improved, and it did. But here's the problem with it. They keep saying it was a diet intervention. The diet intervention was 10% or less of your calories from fat, and it was a vegetarian diet. 
that is really, really restrictive. First off, I would be starving all day long on a diet like that. I would just be miserable. I've tried it. But here's the thing. It wasn't the diet. We know enough to know the diet didn't do this. Well, what did? Well, there were five total things that these people had to change. And this only followed like 400 and some men and only 300 and some actually finished. So these were really small numbers. But they had to, they were smokers. They had to stop smoking. They had to start exercising every day. They had a list of five major changes in their life that was a part of this protocol. And yet all they talk about now is, oh, this is the only diet that's ever been proven to reverse heart disease. Well, I'm pretty sure if we did that same study with a really well-designed carnivore or keto diet, you would see the same results. And you wouldn't have to do all the other stuff. It wouldn't require any exercise, but that that debate, really, if you were watching it and you believed in veganism, you still believe in veganism. If you watched it and you were a carnivore, you'd still be a carnivore. I don't think these things change anybody's mind. One of the things I think I got from all of listening um, or of the conversations I had is everybody wants us a pill to make it go away. Without that, doing any hard work, and you're, if, you, you, if that's you their attitude, say, do the hard work. Yeah, if that's their attitude, you know, you said you you will go as far as spending your own money to help people. I think that's awesome. Um, when you run up against somebody with that attitude, you should probably just move on. You at least need to Other find. The, well, I know, but what are you going to do? You know, I, I I'm the youngest of seven. I'm the youngest of seven in my family, so I'm watching all of my elder siblings get sick with all the same things, you know, everybody gets sick with, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease. I've already lost my oldest sister, Um, and I've never really tried to help them with this until this last time I was back, and they were really, really open to hearing it. They weren't looking for a quick answer. They weren't looking for a pill to fix things. In fact, they were tired of pills. And they, they really wanted to hear it. And it was, I, I, you know how much I can talk about this stuff. I talked about it day after day after day while I was there. The good news is it stuck. Not with everybody, but several people in my family have turned their diabetes around, which is awesome. And they're sticking with it. So sometimes it's just timing, but I would say when somebody's just looking for an easy way out or a pill, it's not even the time to try talking to them at that point. Well, it could be like your own testimony of your own health. Can you you see, could always do that. Yes. Yeah, you could you, be this way too. <laughs> that, uh, that, that's when they, they, you know, like you said, they, they don't want to hear that they have to give up bread and pasta. And that, that's what freaks them out. And here's the thing. I understand they've given up so many things before. They've given up fat. They've given up, you know, meat a lot of times. They've given up eggs. They've given things up, and it hasn't helped their health at all. In fact, it gets worse. So when they hear, no, you have to give something up, they don't want to do it because nothing they've ever tried has worked. Yeah. 
it's yeah. crazy that what we really have to give up, what it really comes down to, all of the foods we talk about that you have to either give up, restrict, minimize, they're all plants. You know, it started with grains. We realized how bad grains were across the board. And when people quit grains within a couple of days, they start feeling better. That one is, if you can get somebody to do it for 72 hours sometimes, they can actually see a difference. But then we went on to, oh, well, there are still plants that are pretty high in carbohydrates. You know, maybe we should minimize those. Then, oh, you know, there are plants with phytates and that causes problems. We better minimize those. Now oxalates are a huge issue. We better, what happens is we keep, we keep eliminating more and more plant foods from our diet because they cause problems. The more plant foods we give up, the healthier everybody seems to be. Yeah. And yet the other side, the other extreme to this is they are pushing nothing but plant foods. Yeah. I noticed like in Walmart and some of the grocery stores, there's now the vegan section is getting bigger. Yes. It's taking over. Yeah. And all, all the fake <laughs> yeah. meat is made from plants. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I have never really found a healthy, strong, vibrant vegan. They're always weak. They're always weak and pale, and they're always fighting some sort of an issue. They, it, it's just, it, it's so obvious. And, and I've talked about this the other day. We have lots of people who have switched from being a vegan or a vegetarian. I was one of them. I tried the vegetarian thing too. I think most people that have been interested in health at some point in their life probably get conned into trying the whole vegetarian thing because we were so brainwashed. I was one of them. It was a long time ago for me, but the, the stories of some of our best practitioners Chris Kresser, Dave Asprey, lots of those people went through this. They did the vegetarian thing and got It doesn't fill worse. you, though. It, 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 it's not satisfying. It's an empty stomach. Yeah, it, it, you're hungry all the time. You're constantly eating. You're constantly thinking about food. You're constantly making sure you have food available. It's a miserable existence, and we did it because we were convinced it was going to make us healthier. And in the beginning, it does, because you're coming off such a horrendous diet. Now, I, I've threatened a couple times, just as an experiment, to go back and eat vegan for a month, or even vegetarian, even if I didn't go complete vegan. Why? <laughs> I, I, I just want to see, like I said, the first time I did it, the first six months, I felt better. That's what kind of convinces you that, oh, no, this is the right thing to do. I feel better. I lost some weight. Um, I, I, I did feel better for a while because I was coming off such a horrendous diet. Now I have a feeling that within a week of trying it, I would feel horrible. I don't think it would take months this time. I think I would realize pretty quickly how bad this really is. I'm coming up to my next stop. Thanks, Kevin, for taking my call. All right. Good talking to you. 
Let's go to Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Well, well, you know, I bought another truck. And yes. Me being, yeah, well, me being consistent, I have trouble with it now. <laughs> uh, so, nothing major, I hope. Uh, well, in my opinion, it's pretty major. Uh, driving back up through West Virginia two and a half weeks ago, coasting down a hill, boom, check engine light comes on. I saw, man. Normally, that truck does 32 PSI of turbo boost. It would only do 16. Okay. One and a half power. Now, it would go full blast road speed. It'd take a while to get there, but it would do full blast road speed, but it only had half of its turbo power. I thought, oh, boy. So, I took it to the uh, Volvo Mac place in London, Ohio, there outside of Columbus. Now, this is a... And I told him why. This is a... TC engine, correct? It is not. It's a VGT. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So I told him what it was doing, and I said, while you have it, check the fifth wheel. It doesn't act correctly to me. This one, I looked at it. I don't know how to adjust this one. I usually do it myself. They said they would. The first diagnosis call that I got was the fifth wheel's bad. You can't adjust it and we can't get it. We have to order it straight from Holland and it'll be $3,100. I said, you have how, got to be kidding me. How many miles are on this truck? Uh, 566. So I would have to either call that a manufacturer's defect or this truck had some of the worst drivers ever. I've just never seen fifth yeah. wheels really fail like that. Yeah, no kidding. I told the guy at the dealer, I said, give me 15 minutes. Let me make some calls. I found it three different places. I found it for $1,100. <laughs> so I, I, drove, <laughs> I, I drove the pickup truck to Columbus. I got the fifth wheel and all the stuff they needed and drove it out and dropped it off. A day later, I got another diagnosis call of what was wrong with the engine part. And they say, we need to open the rocker box to verify. I said, okay, what do you mean? They said, well, it's either a fuel injector or a, believe it or not, spun cam lobe on number six cylinder. I said, how does the cam lobe spin? It's a solid piece of steel. Uh, so let, let's go back. Let, let's go back a second. Do you also have a pyrometer? Okay. I do. So did your your do. highest EGT go down as well? It did, actually. Okay. It did. Normally, okay. it'll run in the 7.5 to 8 range at the most normally because I drive so easy. Right. But when it was doing the 16 PSI thing, yeah, it would barely make it to 5. Okay. So that does point us to so, fuel. So they're looking in the right place. Yeah, that points you to fuel. I said, well, open her up and see what you find. Yeah. So they did. They called back. They said, well, I got good news and bad news. I said, Dave, which one do I want first? He said, I really don't know. So he said, the good news is your injector's all right. And I said, well, okay. I said, tells me that you're going to tell me that the cam's bad. He said, yes. 
I said, David, how does a camshaft spin a lobe? Somebody in their infinite wisdom decided to make camshafts as a modular. The center part is a solid shaft, and then the lobes, depending on what horsepower, what duration, what RPM, and all those ratings and torque and all that good stuff, what lobe goes on the cam to get the proper lift, as you know. And they just press the lobe on. I said, well, how does that last? He said, well, obviously it doesn't. Yours has got a spun lobe on number six. Well, you and know, this is, be kidding me. this is a conversation I'd love to get Joel involved with. I've never heard of this being an issue. Yeah, and they tell me that Volvo is not the only manufacturer that does this modular cam idea. Yeah, and and it's typically not a problem. I mean, that this isn't... Well... Well, according to, you know, me getting calls about it or, you know, Pittsburgh Power, I mean, this issue has never come up on any engine. Well, the thing of it is, when talking to this guy, really nice guy, seems like he knows what he's talking about. He said, no, this is a very common from, I believe he said model years 17 through 19, I think he said. And they supposedly made the camshaft a little better. I said, well, do you have it? And he said, we do not, but we will have it in the morning. Okay. So I took him for his word. Last he would have it in the morning. Well, by the end of the week last week, he still did not have it. Now the warehouse says they don't know when they'll ever get it. Well, he never oh said which morning. He just said the morning. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so well, that's I said, well, David, I said, well, David, I'm going to do some searching. I'm going to see if I can find it on my own. <laughs> so I start digging, and I asked him, I said, well, you're a Volvo dealer. Can you look in the parts world out in the stratosphere and see what Volvo dealer has? I'll drive and go get it. If right. it's not too terribly far, I'll have it shipped, you know, whatever. Well, we, we can't do that at this dealership. Okay. So, so I start calling around. Go ahead. Hey, I was just going to say, you're, you're dealing with the frustration I had forever with Volvo. And and I know they're trying to make it better, but after a couple decades, I wish they would have gotten a little further on that project. This this was always my biggest problem, dealers and parts. Yeah. So I was in North Carolina for the Thanksgiving weekend at the daughter's house. So I thought, well, while I'm down here, if I can find the thing, I'll just go pick it yeah. up, drive it back with me. So I called several places one guy in particular he didn't have it but he said well let me look in the volvo parts interior parts locator or something he called it and i all right so he starts looking because the one that has the truck gave me the part number for the cam and cam bearing kit so i had the part number and he dug it up and he said well hey i found you once not too far away i told him where i live and i said well where's that he said, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a place called Trans Edge, shows that they have one. I said, I'll call them Monday morning. That's not far. Yeah. It was too late. Yeah, yeah. I tried to call them, and they weren't open Saturday. So I called this morning. Sure enough, he does have one. And so I paid him for it. And I says, 
what's it going to cost me to ship it to London and how fast can you do it? Or should I get the pickup truck? And he dug around. He said, 150 bucks. It'll be there tomorrow, Wednesday at the worst. I said, ship it for hundred. I'll burn a hundred dollars right. worth of fuel to go exactly. get it. Yeah. So, so I find it. I called the Volvo dealer that has the truck, told him that I found it. And I said, so now I'm going to have a refund because if your bill is above $1,500 at that dealer, you have to bring them a down payment of at least half of the bill. Okay. Well, my estimate was $10,000 before the fifth wheel. Holy cow. Yeah. So when it's all said and done, I'm going to have around 11 or 12 grand in it with uh, fifth wheel. And of course they want to go ahead and do an oil change and service. Why not? Cause I don't know when it was done last. Now that oh, we yeah. have the engine open. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm beginning to think so, Murphy's law is in order. Yeah. So I, I'm going to make a note, uh, for Friday's show. Um, but if you think about it, I'd love to have you call back when we've got Joel here, we can find out more about this. Yeah. So I asked the guy that has the truck, you know, that dealer that has the truck, I said, so this new camshaft that I'm getting, he said, yeah, I says, is the one that I have in there made from pop can cams in Bangladesh. And now you're going to send me one that's us steel. It is one piece, and I don't have to worry about this again. <laughs> of course not. And he says, well, no, they're still modular. I said, well, why did they do this? He said to save three pounds and point zero 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 one percent in economy for fuel. I said, I'll give up that. You can't even measure that. Give me a solid steel cam. So it sounds to me like... Really, the reason for this is the same reason we started with um, waste-gated turbos. So when engine manufacturers used to have multiple horsepower ratings on the same engine, each horsepower rating required a different turbocharger, and it's really expensive to build and stock and ship and handle three turbochargers for the same engine when you can just have one and put a wastegate on. But it's a horrible solution that's, for us. We'd rather have a non-wastegated turbo. Now, instead of building a whole bunch of different cams for different, you know, a performance and efficiency, this horsepower, that torque, they build one cam and then they can slap different lobes on it. Yeah, I said, well, so the new one, what was changed? And he said, you'll never have the problem again. I said, well, tell me why. (laughs) Right. Why why won't I have that problem again? Well, they've changed the design. I said, well, is it still modular? He said, no. I said, okay, so you're telling me that they've got a welder somewhere in the back room, tack welding the lobes, (laughs) grinding down a little bit, and then they're throwing them on some kind of a balance machine to make sure it's not going to break the top of the head apart when you put it in there. He said, well, I don't know, but that could be. And that, that, he had no solution other than that. That was it. All right. So I, I guess the moral to the story, go ahead. if your truck's at a dealer and they say it's national back order, they can't get it, there is a high likelihood that it's a dealer like this one that will not search other dealers and go beyond the realm because he wouldn't even do, when I called the guy in Pennsylvania, 
He said, well, I'll just do a dealer-to-dealer swap of the part. You know, just send it to them. Right. It's all the same corporation. Back, it, right. And the guy in Pennsylvania called me. He said they would not do that, this particular dealer. He said some of them won't. I said, but you're representing and taking care and service of the same product, Volvo Max. Who cares whose franchise dealer it is? It's still Volvo Max. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They will not. So I guess if you hear like the one boxes, National Backwater, well, maybe you dig around like that. Is that true? You know, I don't know. Well, to me, the odds of there being absolutely zero of that part in this entire country are slim to none. It's out there somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere out there is that part. Can you find it? That's the real trick. And depending on other people to go find it, probably isn't going to work. You're going to have to develop these skills yourself. What was really ironic, the guy in North Carolina that told me where I could find the part in Pennsylvania, he says, I see 16 in the United States somewhat close to you. But he said, here's the funny part. And he starts laughing. I said, what's that? He said, I see 32 of them in Canada. I said, well, they're not using them. Tell them to send us down. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't know. That's probably a customs thing, and it would triple in price, and yeah, who knows. Oh, the other part that's really funny, the guy in Pennsylvania, with his price and his shipping and sales tax, I don't have a form filled out for over there, right, to get out of sales yeah, tax. Right. He still is $400 less on everything for that cam kit than the guy in London that's an hour and a half up the road. I know. Doesn't surprise me. Oh. That uh, and, oh, that's crazy. You know, we've even talked about this on the air that if you live in an area where you don't have a good Volvo dealer that you can work with and you had a good Freightliner dealer, you know, then I lean towards the Freightliner. I, Volvo's my first choice, but I'm, I'm, some of their dealers are just awful, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I had that deal with the guy where I bought the truck. And for general purpose, maintenance, and diagnostics, he, they've been really good. They have whenever something's good. up. Good, But this went this, yeah. this and over their head. Yeah, this is over our head. you got to go to yeah. Gotta you go know, after saying that, I do have to say the worst experience I ever had owning trucks was a Freightliner dealer. That was the absolute worst. I almost ended up in court with them. It was so bad. That was over that damn oh, transmission, that Meritor transmission. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I just, I, I had given up on Volvo dealers completely. That was when I was buying new Volvo trucks and I would not even use the warranty. If I had something like a right. wheel seal leaking under warranty, I, I would not use the warranty. I took it to my shop instead and paid for it. Wow. Well, you mentioned Freightliner. I bought a truck off of a Freightliner dealer. It was a KW, but still. And I told him, I said, guys, that clutch isn't right. It needs another clutch. I'm telling you. Well, no, it's not. It's okay. The shop checked it. I said, if I drive this truck and it goes out, you're putting a clutch in on your nickel. And I made him put it on the papers. Yeah. I drove it one day, come to a site, couldn't put it in gear. It was totally gone. Clutch breaking off. Unbelievable. You had to shut it off, put it in gear, you know, do the trick. Yeah. So I took it back, and it took them two weeks to put a clutch in. And you know that's because it was on their nickel. <laughs> of course. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, that's was. the other problem with yeah. warranty. Um, it, nobody yep. likes to do warranty work because all those rates they charged you get cut in half when they have to do that work for the factory. When they have to do it under warranty, that's- they can't get away with those prices. They are told exactly how much that job is going to pay, and that's all they get paid. Uh huh. Yep. You got it. Well, the medical system's no better. My son got sick. He has no insurance. He's a grown up now. We take him to the hospital. They check him out. What do you have insurance? He says, no, they bring him back an invoice, a statement of what it's going to cost. So, well, since you're a self-pay, we'll give you half off. I I know. Like, really? Wait a minute. If you can afford to do all this for half off, that's what you should be charging the insurance company, too. Exactly. I know that that all that kind of stuff just, you know, makes me a little insane. It, it just, uh, you know, yeah, I need it. to I need to ask this question more because I don't know if this is still the case or not. Uh, so when I used to work in a body shop and I managed the body shop for a little while as well, we we worked on flat rate. And what that meant was you estimated the job. So, you know, then that was my job. Once I was a manager, I did all the estimates. So you'd come out, you'd look at the car, you'd say, okay, it's going to take, you know, half hour to replace that part. It's going to take three hours to do this. It's going to take an hour and a half to paint it. Um, This job pays 13 and a half hours. And the mechanic got paid 13 and a half hours when he finished that job. It didn't matter if it took him five or 50. You still got paid the, right. the flat rate that that job was booked at. Now, I loved that. I was working 40 hours and getting paid for 65 most weeks when I was in the shop working. Um, now, if you screw something up and it comes back, that's all your time now. You don't get reap. You don't get paid to do it again. So you have to balance how right. fast you work with how good you work. But good mechanics on flat rate can make a lot of money in a you know relatively short week, a forty-hour week. But on the other hand, Absolutely. the last thing I ever wanted to do was warranty work. When a car came in, and you know our our buddy Paul, the car hauler. When he scratched a car, that was the last job I wanted to do because it only paid what the factory would pay you. And it was barely enough. If everything went perfect, you might be able to get that job done close to the amount of time they paid you for. Usually you always went over on warranty work. And so mechanics hate it. I, I don't know if most truck mechanics are on that these days or not. Well, I think that you need to have another segment, and you can call it like Paul's Pick or something. And just Paul's the guest. The guy is hilarious. You got to get him on there longer. He is. <laughs> he is good. There's no <laughs> doubt. You know, he he has an advantage though. It's that damn accent. Oh no! You know, there's just something about that. The accent just makes everything funnier or smarter or something. I don't know what that is. Well, let's face it. You can go to Atlanta, Georgia, 
and find a girl that looks like Miss Piggy, but if she sounds like the Southern Belle, <laughs> oh man, a puppy full of freight trains. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to say she looks like Miss Piggy. That's not very politically correct. I I really don't care. <laughs> I know, I know, but you're it's true. You're absolutely uh, right. I'll I'll let you, I'll let you alone and get to somebody else. It just so if you get told. They don't have the part. Just go check for yourself. There's good a advice somewhere. Good advice. Yeah, it's somewhere. All right. All right, bud. Talk to you yeah. soon. Let us know how that goes. Right. Let's head off to Missouri. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. What's um, on your mind today? My wife's got, she's going through a oh, menopause right now. Okay. And, uh, the other day when you had that special on the uh, Cardio Miracle, I went ahead and bought a couple of types of mushroom coffee. Okay. Uh, I got the, uh, can't remember the two of them. I think one, one might have been um, for more relaxing you, and the other one was for uh, wellness, I guess, maybe? Uh, it could be, what, yeah. What's the, the three that you have, do you know? Uh, so you got the mushroom instant coffee, right? Actually, I'm not quite sure if it's instant or not. Maybe it's yeah, so the, the difference is they have instant coffee in packets with the mushrooms and everything in it. You just open the packet, put it in your cup, put in hot water, and you have coffee. The other option okay. is you actually buy a bag of coffee, and it looks just like a bag of coffee, and it's coffee grounds or whole bean and you grind it or you put it in your coffee maker and you make coffee and it has the mushrooms in it as well. Do you know which one it was? Yeah, actually I don't to be honest with you. Okay. But, um, uh, so in the, um, in the instant coffee, it comes in three varieties. So we have it with ashwagandha, which is for balance. We have it with chaga, which is kind of immune and defense. And we have it with lion's mane, which is really good for your brain and thinking. I think it was defense and balance. Okay. What I got. Okay. But um, our doctor went ahead and gave her he prescribed her some hormones. He wants her to take them. Oh, that's a bad idea. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. That's I a bad idea. Kind of want to I, get her to. It almost call never in works. And talk, to you, talk to you about it. Yeah, hor hormones yeah. are are I think beyond our ability to really manage externally. I, I just, I've seen a lot of practitioners who specialize in it. It's all they do. I've seen some who use what are called bioidentical hormones. So they're not, you know, harsh pharmaceuticals. They're, they're closer to the natural hormone. I, I've never, and here's the other problem with this approach, in my opinion. Why are the hormones out of balance to begin with? If we give hormones to put the, to attempt to put them back into balance, which is a really difficult thing. Aren't we just covering up the root cause of the problem? Right. So even if it works, 
so I think I'm going to... When do you stop? Do you have to do this the rest of your life? And and uh, if we do, it's a bad idea. Lots and lots of things can go wrong with well, hormones. So I think the better approach is let's figure out why the hormones are out of balance and solve that problem. Right. So what I was wanting to do with her is she won't be able to listen to the show per se, but she's a... Uh, She's an office manager. She manages like 450 properties, so she's very, very, very busy. But she gets uh, she gets uh, an hour for lunch every day. I was going to forward your the contact for the show to her and have them. Yeah, have that'd be awesome. And, uh, visit with you about it. Yeah, that, because that, I think that'll end up with her doing a, a discovery call and you, you get know what I figured would, out. But you know what I would try before we even did a discovery call. So I I talked about this the other day. You know, if if we had a really, really good practitioner with adaptogens, and I I haven't found one yet. Um, We had Danielle, but she's taken on a new role over at Four Sigmatic, and she's really, really busy. Um, Without having somebody who's good enough at adaptogens to take somebody like your wife do a consultation with them, figure out exactly which adaptogens are going to work best. That's what Danielle did for me. That's difficult. I'm still reading and researching and trying to see if we'll get to that point or not. Maybe we will, or maybe I'll find a, a good practitioner I can hand people off to, but I have a solution and it works. Um, I, I, I kind of did it after I went through Danielle's protocol just to see so the, the interesting thing about all adaptogens is they are like self-balancing. They're self-regulating. You know, we talk a lot of times about nutrients that have a sweet spot. Like if you take this much vitamin D and keep your level here, that's excellent. But if you take too much, you could start to see these issues. And almost every nutrient is like that. You know, men have to watch out. I know we're, you know, carnivores and eating a lot of protein. We have to watch our iron. We don't have any way of getting rid of iron. Um, So we've got to watch that we don't get an iron overload. A lot of nutrients are like that. We have to balance and regulate the amount of them through our diet. Adaptogens are self-regulating. If you take too much of them, nothing bad happens. They, your body will only use the amount okay. that it needs. So knowing that, yeah, I remember you, 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 you yeah, you, you talked about that pretty extensively the other day. You can't, you literally can't overdose on them, right? Like so basically, so we have if we if we have a case like this where and when hormones are out of whack, adaptogens are the answer because adapted our hormones get out of whack because of our stress response primarily. Every And you just said she's very, very busy. She's responsible for a lot of properties. Um, that's stressful. And if we don't, I'm going to claim without ever talking to or seeing a NutriQ, I'm going to claim stress is her problem. So we the, let's work on the root cause. So is she doing any of the stress protocol? I um, got her on the Wim Hof breathing, and Good. she really, really likes that. I told you the other day, I sat down on the couch, and I said, I'm going to open this app, and oh, yeah, you just got to do right. what it says, and yeah. I'll do it with you. Yeah, yeah. She, she, uh, I downloaded the app on her phone, and 
She's, I guess that Wim Hof thing's got different rankings in it for, right. our, for how often you use it and all that. She, so she's, she's pretty excited about that. Good. She's doing that. Good. That, and, and, and if and I had to does, pick she one, a, uh, that may be the one mm-hmm. because it's so easy to do. It's free. You can do it multiple times a day. You can do it almost anywhere. So that, that's a good one. So adaptogens. And she does resistance training. Good. Good. Adaptogens manage hormones. That that's all of them in one sense or another affect our hormone levels and really help normalize them. So I can say I, I would have her lean heavily on Rishi. Any of the, so the one product we have in the store with Rishi that I absolutely love is that hot chocolate. Man, that stuff is good. Two packets of that in you know. 10 ounces of water or so with a little bit of hot honey. And I even throw in some butter, some heavy cream and blend it. And um, we can treat it, you know, just like an an NDK coffee in the morning. We could put our vitamin D in it, whatever we wanted. Um, I would have her lean kind of heavy on reishi, but I would just have her consuming every mushroom product she likes, whether it's a little bit of mushroom chocolate whether it's uh, the mushroom coffee, they have their super creamers um, that you can mix and match. And, and I'm working on like a whole set of recipes, mixing and matching, but throw all this stuff at it. Right. So we could either spend some money on products for a couple weeks. I mean, if you consume these adaptogens multiple times a day for two to three weeks and you don't see any result, we could probably give up on that shotgun approach. My guess is you're going to see some improvements. So we could either spend the money on some products and see what happens, or we can go down that path of the testing. And we were just talking to Danny earlier today. He's already up to almost $1,000. In, in testing, you have a doctor that wants to give hormones, which I think is a mistake. I, I might try, you know, let's say you spend a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks on adaptogens for a couple weeks. Let's see what happens. All right. Um, would you, uh, would you be willing to uh, put me together some kind of a kit you think she'd like? She, she does love coffee. We haven't got her mushroom coffee yet. I think it's going to be up for delivery tomorrow, I think. But um, I'd really like to try it that way instead of just throwing drugs at it. Yeah, so part of the problem with that right now is you're going to have to get some of the stuff from our store and some directly from Four Sigmatic till we get our new shipments in. Um, the, the one I would focus on would be that the hot, the, the cacao mix... Uh, let me go into the store and find out exactly which one that one is. Uh, that's the one. I'm drinking a ton of this. Um, so we have the cacao in two varieties. We have chill that comes in a light blue package, light blue trim on the package. It's mushroom cacao mix with reishi called chill. She should be doing at least two packets of that a day. Um, the best time for that is right after dinner. Have her treat this hot chocolate like dessert. You know, put a little honey in it, a little hot honey, um, 
some butter, some heavy cream, however she likes it, and treat it like a dessert, two packets a night. Um, we also have that cacao mix in Perform, and depending on what she does in the morning, she may want to, does she drink coffee in the morning? Yeah. So what I would have her do for a while, how much coffee does she drink? Um, she'll drink uh, one 20 ounce mug. She'll have a couple mugs at the house and she takes a, like a 20 ounce to go insulated steel mug with her. Holy cow. That's so we could be talking 30 or 40 yeah. ounces of coffee a day. Okay, here's what I would do then. I don't want her to cut that much caffeine cold turkey. She's going to be miserable if she does. Um, she'll have horrendous headaches for a couple of days. She won't have any energy. She'll just feel lousy. But when we're trying to work with hormones, I do like to get caffeine out of the mix if possible. I would kind of ease off. So get the, the cacao mix with Rishi, the chill. That's an evening drink. Get mm -hmm. the cacao mix with cordyceps. That one's called Perform. It's in a yellow trim or an orange trimmed box. Have her replace at least one of her cups of coffee with this in the morning. And it'll take two packs um, to do like 10 ounces or so. Have her replace at least one cup of coffee with that. And then over time, if she could start to minimize the coffee or even eliminate it for a while. Now, um, Four Sigmatic has this product. We don't have it in yet. They do have a ground coffee, whole coffee ground with the reishi in it. That's what I, I alternate every morning. I do caffeine one morning, no caffeine the next. And when I do no caffeine, I do that, that reishi coffee in the morning. Now that right now, if you want it, you're going to have to get that from Four Sigmatic. Now, it uses uh, four sigmatic, like the number four sigmatic? Uh, the website is actually, I believe, spelled out. Let me go find. Uh, yeah, four sigmatic, F-O-R-U-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C, -I -I just like it sounds. Uh, foursigmatic.com is the website. And they've got... and. Um, I probably shouldn't tell you this. I'm driving while riding for sigmatic.com. And what was the name of that coffee that they, you don't have from them yet? Yeah, you're going to see it in a in like a baby blue package. It's a, a bag of coffee, and it's going to be with reishi. With reishi? That's the mushroom. Okay. And that so, mushroom uh, is, that, that's, what, that's the one for chill. That's the one to just like to really get your your um, fight or flight mode to settle down and, and move you into the rest and digest mode more often. Okay. So, um, but between now and then, I could get the cacao mix chill yes. from you. Yep. And, uh, and then the... Um, the cacao perform, right? So yeah. one's called perform and one's called chill. Right. And I would do the perform in the morning. And until you get the coffee, she could replace one cup of coffee with this at least in the morning. And then I would do the, the and that's two packets in like 10 ounces of water, dress it up however you want, make it like NDK coffee. Uh, and then in the evening, I would do two packets of the blue, the chill with the reishi. 
Okay, so I so for her to do that for two weeks, she's going to need uh, fourteen twenty-eight of each, I guess. Yeah, let me see. The um, it comes with ten. Each box comes with ten packets. I need three boxes of each. Yeah. And if you get through these three boxes with her doing two packets of perform in the morning and two packets of chill at night, if you get through all three of these, we don't see any results. I'm going to be shocked. Okay. Now, as far as results, would that be like the hot flashes and that kind of thing? Yep. Yeah, she should see improvements okay, cool. in any symptoms she has. Now, we may not eliminate them, but if we start to see improvements, that's going to be a good sign. Okay, but then this would be something you could do until you get everything lined out and then maybe slow down to like a, a maintenance level instead of being yes. on a prescription for the rest of your life. That That's, that's I'm, you said it exactly the way I'm approaching this. We, we will go intensive with this stuff in the beginning. Like you can't overdo it. Yeah, front load so, it. So yeah, let's front load it. Let's make sure we're getting plenty. Once we see results, we can keep going until we get the results we want. And then we could back off and, you know, maybe you have, you know, one packet of the cocoa a couple times a week during the night. Although I, I've kind of found that I really, really look forward to that hot cocoa at night. So I doubt that I'll back off. I really enjoy it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, that being said, if uh, if you'd be fine with it, you could put me back on hold and uh, the sure. lady that answers the phone, I'll just go ahead and get these bought and shipped on the way. Will do. All right. And Angie says she's ready for you, so I'm sending you back over. Let's go to California. Uh, we're going to speak to Aaron and... Right now, we are. Uh, this will be my last call. So, if you want to jump in, now would be the time to do it. 855 950 3835. Aaron, you're up. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. I wanted to get your opinion on. I wanted to get you um, a cortisone shot in my hand for trigger finger. I'd like to give you a little bit of background. First, uh, one, I think you're going to ask what I'm eating, and I'm already been eating uh, low-carb paleo for, I don't know, 34 years now. It's been a while. Okay. And I was in a motorcycle accident and crushed my hand, and I'm doing uh, physical therapy, and my physical therapist says my trigger finger is holding me back on my right hand, and uh, so now I'm considering doing something about that trigger finger so I can... Hold get get use my hands back sooner holding you back from what um i'm trying to regain grip strength and closing my hand all the way and i before the accident i had trigger finger and i was it wasn't really bothering me that much so i was able to just work through it and it would come and go so Um, is it sometimes i go a month is there pain um, no, it's startling, but I don't think it really is painful, but when I'm trying to make a full tight fist, it, it hangs up almost every time now. Okay. I've been working so, on my hand a lot. So if the question is whether you should take a cortisone shot, I would say no. 
Because okay. it, it's not going to get you closer to your goal of full functionality of your hand naturally. It may reduce some inflammation, and then you may be able to move your hand, but then once it goes away, the inflammation is going to come back, and you're in the same boat again. When I, I have recommended yeah, cortisone for some people. Right? Oh, it's very temporary. I have recommended cortisone shots for people who in real pain. So if, if we have so much pain that it's interfering with sleep, that's going to interfere with recovery. So in that case, a cortisone shot can get us closer to our goal. It can reduce the pain enough that we can sleep and start to heal. That's why ashes yeah, is really hurting. But if it's, I, I, so I have the exact same thing you have. I crushed my right hand. I was not able to make a full fist for a long time. Uh, my, my trigger finger, it, you can look at it right now. I'm making a fist and it's off. I mean, it's damn near a, every bit of a quarter inch off, almost a half from how far my other fingers will bend or how much, if I compare it to my left, okay. it's about a quarter inch off. I don't know that that's ever going to be right. And the, the surgeon explained it to me. My bone is shorter than it was before. I, I broke it and she had to fuse it back together. I've got a titanium plate in there with screws and it's shorter physically my finger will never bend the way it used to i have no pain it's it's weird like you say it's kind of startling you go to grab something and your hand doesn't work the way it used to but with mine there's never going to be any fix for that and i'm not in pain so i I did nothing for my hand as far as pain because it really didn't hurt me that much it wasn't that big of a deal but it 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 doesn't move. It's better than it was. And maybe it will continue to get better. But I'm, hell, that was like, what, three years ago for me. Darn, I think just about three years ago. Um, I don't know that it'll ever be right. According to the surgeon, it probably won't be. Okay, well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I called and asked. Um, I've been putting on, I've had the trigger finger for like over a year and I've just been dealing with it because I kind of thought the yeah like I said temporary and if you really had pain and it was really affecting your sleep and your healing I'd say yeah go ahead and take the shot it'll give you a week or so of of relief but it's not going to fix the problem (laughs) yeah week's not good enough oh that's months maybe but uh, no that's terrible no it it, yeah I I did take a uh uh cortisone shot for my shoulder because it was hurting so bad I wasn't getting any sleep I was getting worse every day I I got actually I got less than a week of relief oh that's terrible Uh, unfortunately the hand with the um, trigger fingers on my good hand the right one same with me the left ones it's it's all the left ones the ones that got really crushed and it's I can't make a fist at all with it um yeah, I'm not when, sure if I ever will again, but I'm hoping because hoping yeah, so, I need to get back to driving. If we break or crush bones and we change the, the length or the shape, or it, that, that will change how we can physically move. Like I said, I, I doubt that my, my right hand will ever be completely correct again. All right. Well... Thank, thank you for taking my call, Kevin. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, skip the skip the shot. If you're like I said, if you're really in pain, 
cortisone for a, a short period of time can help, but uh, it doesn't fix the root cause of the problem. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Kevin, good morning. What's on your mind today? Uh, well, I was wondering, did, do you think those grip books would help the previous caller? Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. And, he, and I meant to come back to that, and I forgot. The best thing he can do is just work on his grip, grip strength, it, which is what you know I've been doing with the uh, X3 bar. You can actually do some pretty nice wrist curls with the X3 bar or reverse curls. Yeah, I've been doing that actually. I've been I've been uh I've been uh using that on on the day I do uh uh back and biceps. Yeah, I do um, I do I do wrist curls and and reverse curls I, after after I do the bicep curls. I alternate. So one one time I'll do the wrist curls, the next time I do back and biceps, I'll do the reverse curls and and I actually like both of them better with the bands than I ever did with weights. Yes. Yes, they keep constant tension on you. That's reverse, why I reverse curls are really, really difficult to do with live weight. Most people use way too much weight and they cheat. They do that little hop that really gives that bar a lot of momentum and makes it much easier. The, the whole trick to right, the reverse right. curl is that first third of the movement is where you're doing all the work. And everybody kind of jumps that part and then, you know, you kind of coast the rest of the way. When you have to do it with the band, right. it, it's nice because there isn't too much resistance down there at the bottom. It's just right. And then you still have resistance all the way through the motion. So for people who want to do reverse curls, for it, it really, really builds forearm strength. You just grip the, your bar the opposite way. Instead of an underhand grip to do a curl, you do an overhand grip and then do a curl, and it will really build uh, the forearm. And then wrist curls are just I support my my forearms on my legs and let my hands hang out in front of my knees, and then you just curl up your wrists, uh, and that builds the other side of your forearm. But those would be two great workouts for him. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Um Another thing was uh, um, the post I pay, I put out there. I think it was either Friday or or over the over the long weekend about my uh, unfortunate fall that blew out my quadricep tendons back in 2014. So I was still way heavy prior, you know, after that, and I. The post I posted about a month ago showing my 300 down to 225, I did that without any working out at all, without any X3 yeah. bar, without any running or walking, um, only because I was still, I'm still not 100% with my, with my, my leg strength. Right. Um, and, you know, so I, you know, I used to be apprehensive. I used to go downstairs backwards, actually, because I didn't have enough leg power to hold all my weight on one leg. So that's that has changed. I do take it easy going down the regular way, but um, so yeah, I just you know people say, oh, I can't do this because of that. There's always there's always a reason that we can't get our health in in and I I have slip ups, um, you know, with with my diet. You know, I'll eat a bowl of pasta. I'll have a I'll have a couple of drinks on the weekend or whatever. 
it's not, this is not a, you know, I'm not a fanatic where I'm, I like to be, I, I get, I try to get as much as I can on a healthy path. But you know, when you live in a, in the real world with no one else in the house is doing that, yeah. You know, sometimes I, I just, I just eat what's what, whatever I, you know, I prepare for everybody. I'm not going to prepare two or three different meals. I'll just prepare everything and I'll have a little bowl of whatever it is. Right. So, um, you know, I just want, I wanted to, you know, let, let everyone know that, that you, you don't, I mean, it's good to work out. It's good to move and, and exercise. And that's all, that's all fine. And it'll, it'll enhance your overall, uh, stamina and and heart rate and 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 but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be you don't need to spend thousands of dollars to get to get to lose the weight and get healthy and in fact we could take it a step further not only does it not have to be it doesn't help exercise does not help with weight loss it just doesn't the the people who who claim it does associates that right And, and the people who will say oh no i can prove it i did it well I, I know you went out and you worked out really hard and then you restricted your calories and you were hungry. That's what, that's what did right. it. Not the exercise. The exercise it is, it's almost self-regulating. The more you exercise, the more you're going to eat. That, that's just, that's how it works. So if you go exercise right. and you restrict your eating, you will lose weight. But it wasn't the exercise. It was the fact that you restricted your eating. And we don't want people to restrict yes. their eating. We don't want people to go hungry because you'll never sustain that. That's the problem with trying to lose weight by just by restricting calories or burning more off. You will, if you're going to lose weight, you're going to have to be hungry all the time. And nobody likes that. Nobody's well, going to sustain that. So not only is it not also, necessary, it's not, it's not helping at all for weight loss. Right, right, right. I also like the fact when you were talking to that, uh, that young lady earlier about how people perceive when you tell them they have to give things up, how, how in the past they gave up this, they gave up that, and they're back to where they were or even heavier because those fad diets never are sustainable, right. like we were just talking about. So, so in order, I, I guess the way I would actually try to present this is that these things are bad for you overall, but I've been doing this for X amount of years or X amount of months or X amount, and, and this is, after a while, you don't miss it as much as you do every day now so you know yeah and getting yeah. and another and another thing is you have to try to explain to them how your body uses certain nutrients for fuel it can use alcohol carbohydrates or fat and how each one burns and and gives you sustainable energy throughout the day fat is fat is the the best one and so if you give them the the education behind it, the science behind it, the real world effects behind it, it may help them in their mind process it and maybe come to the conclusion that they want to start this. 
No doubt. And you, you trying to find that balance can be difficult. We don't want to overcomplicate right. this. We don't want to give them too many rules, but we have to be able to convince them why this does work, why the science. You know, one of the reasons I've even been asked this by other practitioners when when I go to events or when I'm working with another practitioner, they'll they're shocked at the success we've had at the number of people we've gotten to, to do this, even though I, I don't even actively practice. It's not like I'm helping a bunch right. of direct clients do this. We only do a handful of discovery calls or one-on-ones a week. Lauren can easily hand them all, handle all of them by herself. We don't do that many. And they're always shocked. Well, how do you right. have so many success stories? And I think the reason is, just pure repetition. How many other practitioners are on the air? Well, 10 to 15 hours a week. Most podcasts do an hour a week. So I think for me, it's just pure repetition. You hear it over and over and over and over with different callers with the same message for the last eight years. Um, You know, the message hasn't changed much. We figured out what we got wrong and we correct it. But I mean, I'm still telling people you got to stop eating the standard American diet. You have to give up a lot of food. You have to make an extreme change in your diet. And I don't try to sugarcoat it. It is an extreme change. It's a big, big change. And people need to realize that that's what works. If you make that change, it will work. And it has to be the right change. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we've spent the last eight years trying to simplify that message. Now I've kind of got it down to eat real food, mostly animals, give up grains and seed oils. Right, right. And if right. you followed yeah, so that, you know, the, the just... carbohydrates kind of take care of themselves. If you're eating mostly animals carbohydrates aren't going to be your problem. If you give up grains, you've given up a ton of carbohydrates. If you give up seed oils, you're, you're going to see inflammation go way down. And, and it really is that simple. It, it just seems to yeah, me like no, the more I, animals I eat, the healthier I get. The fewer plants that are in my diet, the better I feel. Yes, I noticed that with myself too. If I, if I do venture off the path, you know, I start getting upper shoulder pain yeah. or, or a low or, or, or a hip pain or something that starts coming back that I used to have. Exactly. So, you know, these, these, these are the, the tell the tells that, you know, Hey, wait a second. You know, your body's telling you, you know, you need, you need to, you need to reverse course here. Every time I've made an improvement in my health or the way I feel or solved a problem, Every time it is involved getting rid of some other plant food. Right. I've never given up an animal product because I didn't feel good. No, I know. I know. The, 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 I think the whole thing is that, um, like the one caller says, in America we want the easy, quick fix. Yeah. You I, know, you know I, I think as human beings... We, we want an yeah, easy, no, quick fix. And here's the thing. This is, I won't, I won't say easy. This is a simple, quick fix. This is simple. Do what I just said. 
eat real food, mostly animals, give up grains and seed oils. That's pretty damn simple. Now, it's not easy to do in the real world, but it's simple and you will get results and you'll get them pretty damn quick. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I tell people uh, when I first started this, I just kind of woke up one morning and I didn't have the lower back pain anymore. I didn't yeah. have the knee pain anymore. I didn't have the <laughs> shoulder pain anymore. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of like all of a sudden it just happened. And I said, and I tell people, I said, you know, things started working that weren't working on a normal basis every day. Yep. And, you know, with my, you know, uh, you know, with, you know, my extra, you know, my, you know, the, the, the bedroom and everything. I mean, just things that I'm, weren't working when I was 300 pounds and unhealthy are yeah. working now. Yeah. You know, again, uh, tremendous, uh, you can, I could definitely see it. And, and I tell people, I said, just, you know, you have nothing to lose for 30 days to try something. I said, but the only one you're going to fool is yourself if you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll help anyone any way they, any way they want. But if you, if you, Oh, I'm going to wait till Monday. I'm going to wait till the first. I'm going to wait till the new year. I mean, these are all irrelevant dates, you know, just start today. I don't care if you had it. I don't care if you had egg McMuffins for breakfast. Start today. Start right now. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah we, start that's right a, now. That's another yeah. thing we tend to do as humans. We want this, this arbitrary cutoff date for some reason, <laughs> like Monday is different than today or, oh, well, but, well, it's almost December. I'll start on December 1st. Oh, wait a minute. May, I'll make it a New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution. Yeah. 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 yeah so. No, just start right I now. I love that. Right now. Yeah. My, and my, I tell them, I tell them, there's, there's days, there's days. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear your quote today. I'm yeah. It's, uh, well, show. I. Aaron just sent me a note that uh, my commentary is live, so it's on the app right now. My quote today was, you will never win if you never begin. Yep, that is true. Yep. That is true. I tell people, even when I have a bad meal, it doesn't mean I have a bad rest of the day. No, no. I, I just, you know, it was Thanksgiving weekend. I consumed more carbohydrates over the last four days than I normally do in two weeks. I'm okay with that. Right. They were all clean. None of them were, you know, there was no grains. There was no, you know, real sugar overload. But we, you know, Lisa makes some amazing grain-free pumpkin rolls that are just out of this world. They are so damn good. Every time she makes them, she cuts the sugar down more and more. They are to the point now where there is almost zero sweetness in them. They are still amazing. And she makes a pumpkin chiffon pie that's just out of this world. And she does a grain-free crust. And, you know, that's more carbs than I normally eat. And I had multiple pieces some days. And, you know, we did, I had a huge crop of sweet potatoes this year out of the garden that are just the best sweet potatoes I've ever eaten. So we had mashed potatoes that, I don't know why I didn't figure this out a long time ago. If you're going to make mashed potatoes, use half white potatoes, russets, and half sweet potato. It is amazing. Wow. Best, best mashed potatoes you've ever had. They're not sweet. Well, I'll tell you, this is this was the first year I didn't do a turkey because it was just my son and I, and he's not a big fan of turkey. So I actually had a frozen um, 
uh, prime rib roast at there a, you a go. U.S. Wellness, I think. <laughs> there you go. And I did that, and I and I did actually did twice baked potatoes with rustic potatoes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if yeah. you've had those. Oh, of course. They were they were excellent. Yeah, yeah they were I, excellent. But uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, on the souvet, because I'll tell you, I make hard-boiled eggs with my – I have the Breville, the white one, and then I have the other one, the black one, because of the – the black one I use when I do the yogurt because it has a low – a low just uh, it takes the, the water out low, but okay. the gravel brings the water up high. Right. So it was it was kind of sticking out of the water when I tried to do the yogurt with the with okay. things. But when you do when you do meat when you do meat because I, I tried to do this with a steak and I don't know if I screwed something up or I didn't wait long enough. How do you know when something is done? Then to put it then to sear it like you know I, that's so I just haven't had it. Go ahead. Yeah, so I don't even try. I just make sure because you can't overdo it. So I just leave it so long it has to be up to time. Like even if I take a steak out of the refrigerator and it's totally thawed, it goes in that sous vide for an hour. That's my minimum on a steak. It goes in for an hour. It will always be done. Even frozen, it's usually done at an hour. Now, you could... I, I never have. Um, I can usually feel my steak and come pretty close, but you could just temp it with a thermometer if you wanted. Okay, I just because some you know I have I I have start I'm starting to when I when I um, vacuum pack stuff I'm starting to wrap it in butcher paper prior to putting it in there. Have Have you but ever usually? Have you, you can go look this yeah. up. Have you ever seen the test where you use the the like the base of your thumb to learn how to to feel a steak to know what temp it is? Yes, yes. The, you know where where it's you know your pinky is well done and your and your index finger is rare. Um, no, I've, uh, mine. Right. I, I've learned it. Right. You use the just the base of your thumb because there's up by your thumb. It's firm. Then the farther down you get. Oh, okay. So I've always. Yeah, used- I, was, I was told if you put your thumb and your and your fingers points together as you get closer, that's where you should be on the on the rim. Yeah. So any yeah. trick like that, you can right. get really accurate as to knowing what a steak, how well it's done without a thermometer. But in the beginning, use a thermometer. That helps you realize. Okay. It feels like this, and it's 120 degrees. It feels like this, and it's 150 degrees. So in the beginning, I used the thermometer. Now I can usually just go touch the steak and get within about five degrees of what temperature it is. So what do you do when you freeze-dry stuff? Do you, I mean, like freeze-dry your meat. Do you do what I'm doing now? You're scrapping in a bunch of paper, then, then freeze-drying it? You mean sous-vide, not freeze-dried? No, no. I mean, when you, I mean, when you freeze, when you're freezing meat. Oh, when I so freeze. I was, it. I was always yeah. using, I was always using the, the, you know, the vacuum seal or whatever brand. Which is I fine, but that. wrap it in um, either butcher paper butcher or, paper. Uh, uh, oh shoot, what's the other paper? Um, parchment. Wrap it in parchment. Parchment paper is okay. a lot cheaper, and you know the best way. We actually get parchment paper sheets that are already cut in like 500 count boxes from food service. I use those things constantly. 
Every time I put a pan in the oven, okay. the sheet of parchment goes down. It makes cleanup easy. If I'm going to wrap food, it'll get wrapped in parchment first and then foil if I need to use foil so the foil doesn't touch. If I'm going to put it in plastic, there's another option on the sous vide. You could wrap your the meat in parchment paper, then stick it in your vacuum sealer bags and then seal it like that. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's because that's what I've been, I, I just started doing that. I don't know. I still have meat. I have a ton of meat. So my wife's like, you always buy, you're always buying meat. I says, yeah, I'll never run out. That's right. <laughs> I'm always going to eat it. So <laughs> I just will buy it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, sir. Well, listen, it's good talking to you. Everyone have a good day. All right. Great talking to you. Let's head off to Ohio. Andrea, welcome to the program. I had a question about um, dry, I guess, dry skin. Kind okay. Of. Let me um, ask you a question years, first. Yeah. Okay. Do you have your gallbladder? Yep. Okay, good. If you didn't, this would be a bigger problem. <laughs> we can still overcome it, but it'd be a little more difficult. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Um, so I've had like, my heels have been dry for years. I don't remember when it started, but I always kind of struggled with that. Um, but I basically have been fine everywhere else. Um, now in the last like three to four months, so I'm, I should say I'm about four months pregnant. Um, and the last like three to four months, my hands have been going, thank you. Um, my hands have been going like nuts. Like I have cracks and like weird I, kind of not bumps exactly, but kind of bumps like all over my hands, nowhere else in my body. Okay. But like I said, my hands have just gone nuts to the point. Like I'm wearing, I, like I, I've tried um, avocado oil on them. I've tried coconut oil on them. Okay. So um, we're, we're more natural lotions and it's just like not working. Yeah. We're approaching it the wrong way. Nothing you put okay. on your skin is going to fix the root cause. It may give you some relief. Yeah, a lot of that. times it doesn't. Um, so tell yep. me, first off, how old are you? Um, 35. Tell me about your diet right now. Um, I would say, <laughs> that sounds terrible. pretty much keto. Um, I guess kind of like, you know, we mentioned like, you know, with the holidays and things around, sometimes we'll eat other stuff, but pretty... How long have you been eating that? I would say um, January will be two years. Yeah, that shouldn't be it then. I mean, on keto, I'm assuming you're eating a lot of good fat. Yes. we. My husband has where we have beef cows, so we have our own beef. Um, most Excellent. of our pork comes from a friend who raises his own you know, grain, um, yeah. grass-fed. Sorry, no, no grain, just grass-fed beef. Um I make most of our food at home, very little processed foods. And you're Um, not afraid of fat. I mean, you're, you're adding plenty of good fat, right? Oh, no, I love bacon. Bacon is the best thing. Like, no, you, yeah, plenty, (laughs) plenty of butter and olive oil and avocado oil. And yeah. So normally, normally probably, you know, fried in it, whatever. Normally dry skin is just a lack of good fats in the diet. So a lot of women who ate very, very low fat struggle with this a lot. If they get to the point where they lose their gallbladder because they've been eating so low fat, then this problem gets even worse. 
we almost always sure. solve this just by adding more good fat to the diet. That's not going to work with you. Um, hmm. Do you feel like okay. you're digesting that fat well? <laughs> Would I know if I am or not? Believe it or not, <laughs> like it, I mean, we have to look in the toilet bowl. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Light. I worked as a, a PCA for a while. So, so it's you not know. Like yeah, yeah, so light gray or, or very light colored stools, a sign we might not be digesting our fat well. Um, slick, shiny. Uh, you can even sometimes, for some people, see like an oil slick on the water. I mean, that's how much they're not hmm, digesting okay. their fat. It's passing right through them. Sure. So those are some yeah. indications. So normally, if there's enough good fat in the diet, as long as they're digesting mm -hmm. it, we shouldn't have this problem. So usually it's one of those right. two things. So we know you're eating enough good fat. Okay. Let's make sure you're digesting it well. Um, and if not, we okay. have a fat digestion kit in the store. This was such a common thing. We created a kit to help people okay. with this. Yep. You, you may want to just try, you know, 30 days of that kit and see what happens. If it's okay. not that, that something then it's going to get more difficult. There are no more easy answers. I mean, that's how simple this normally is. Normally it's get enough good okay. fat in the yep. diet, make sure they're digesting the fat and this yep. problem goes away. And I've had women that have just swear they've dealt with cracked heels their whole life. We get enough good fat in their diet <laughs> and then they right. digest it. It goes away completely and they're amazed. Yep. If it's not that, Yep. then we usually have to get down to some of the, you know, sometimes more exotic blood work. We have to go look for, you know, pathogens yep. probably, or it, it, it just gets more difficult if it isn't one of those first two things. Yep. Okay. And yeah, I'm assuming that the, um, the digestive kit you said, right, is it would be safe pregnant to do it? I believe so i would have to go double check that i'm glad you said that um okay i would have to go double check that would just be the thing it's like yeah wondering yeah i'm trying to remember what's in it i know we've got some there's some bile salts you know you can look every one of our supplements have that warning on it and that's all i would do is i would just go look at each individual one and see if any of them have the pregnancy warning um if they don't then you'll be fine okay and if, if you, you know find one product miracle? in the kit that does, okay. just skip that one product, but take the others. Sure. Right. Okay. Do you have any idea with the Cardio Miracle? Is it the same thing? Because my husband and I were both looking at it. I was like, yeah, is that, do you know, is that safe also for pregnancy? I believe Cardio Miracle is. Those are the questions I try okay. not to answer without double checking. We're always bringing in new lines and right. new products, right. and I'd hate to overlook something and, and give somebody the wrong information. Right. So, um, yeah, I would want to okay. check specifically. You know, one of the things you okay. could do, um, you could schedule a discovery call with Lauren, and she can go through. She'll have more time okay. on a discovery call to go through each one of those supplements with sure. you. Sure. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Can I ask you one more quick question? Sure. Um, my husband especially is very much into jalapenos. And so the whole jalapeno honey oh, yeah. thing has really got his interest peaked. <laughs> um, 
I'm a little bit more skeptical because I'm not quite so much like the whole hot. I, I, he goes way, way, way hotter than I do. Right. Um, right. but we were running. So we've got peppers. We're going to try it. Um, we have a local honey guy just Excellent. down the road that we get honey from. But wondering, do you need to like hold the peppers down like in the honey? It's like with other no, ferments, you need to keep them down no, underneath the, the this, okay. This is so easy. It's like the easiest ferment ever. You get no brine to mess with, okay. no salt, no ratios. Right. You, you just cram as many. Well, it depends on how hot and thin you're trying to get it. Uh, for me, I like it hot and I like it thin. Um, so I will pack yep. as if I do a quart, you know, a quart's about the smallest batch I'm going to make. Yep. Uh, I actually have done right. a couple pints just testing some things, but I will pack as many peppers as I can into that quart jar, totally cover them with honey, yep. put a lid on it. And no, I don't do anything else. I, really? I mean, I, yep. I open it up every now and then stir it, taste it, you know, and, you know, I taste it and stick my spoon right back in it. I don't worry about any of that stuff. <laughs> right. um, and I have yep. had zero. Pro- these are the easiest ferments ever. Okay. Here's another trick that I've actually found. Um, I, I have ordered muslin bags, like just plain cotton, unbleached bags uh, food safe, okay. and they have little drawstrings on them. Yep. And I've bought them in like two ounce. Yep. I've all the way bought all the way up to like twelve ounce. Now what I do is whatever I want to infuse in the honey, I just put in those bags, and then I just stick the whole bag and just push it down into the honey so it submerges in there. And then that way, when you're done, you just pull the bag right. out. Well, yeah, you're not trying to get all the little seeds and yeah, exactly. Else, Right, you got to pour it through filters. I mean, and, you can do it, but it's right. a pain. Yeah, if if I started using these bags and I just went and bought a ton of them in all different sizes, and I use these bags, it's awesome because yep. now I just pull those peppers out. I just leave them in that bag, and I I have a you know a big container that I use. I just throw the bags in there, and when I want some peppers, I just reach in there and grab them. Right. No, that's not. Yeah, like I said, it makes it everything easier then. Yeah, and then then tell your if husband you when, when he's done infusing the honey, take the peppers and just go online and find any hot sauce recipe. I mean, basically hot sauce is really simple. It's it's peppers and vinegar. That's your base, and then you add whatever right. flavorings to balance. Or uh, if if he loves heat and jalapenos, he's gotta try making the hot sauce from these honey infused peppers it's a whole new flavor yeah, yeah things you've never tasted in hot sauces we go, before yeah well we go through hot sauce um we should almost have like a you know like a yearly or a I, supply that just comes automatically know, to the house because right. we go through it that fast. i know i should have i should uh, have mine in some sort of a dispenser like a kegerator i use so much of it right yeah. It'd be easier. You could just you know, take it up and open it, exactly. stick it up and put right. it on the plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the honey's incredible, but uh, these hot sauces you make from the peppers afterwards are pretty incredible, too. Okay. All right. We'll have to give it a try and see what happens. All right. Let me know. And uh, let me know on the, the dry skin. Um, we'll fix this. We'll we'll get you fixed one way or the other. Hopefully, it'll be the easy way. Let's go to South Carolina this time. Terrence, welcome to the program. 
What's up, Kev? Uh, I got a quick thing for uh, Fred. I bought a, it's called a Vesta, uh, the sous vide machine. You, you know, you get like six quart things in it. But if he goes on the Vesta, they have like an app. And he goes into there and it's all cooking uh, instructions. It'll tell you how thick the meat is and all that and how long to leave it in. In other words, they'll suggest, uh, say, a two-inch pork chop. Uh, how, then you pick your, your medium or whatever, however you want. And mine's always rare, obviously. And then you just, it'll tell you the thickness and how long. You know, it. It'll tell you least and the most amount of time on there. So that may help out for everybody. But there's nothing like that sous vide, I'll tell you. Ever oh, since I go. Matter of fact, we just had T-Bones in it last night from U.S. Wellness. And T-Bones are tricky to cook if you try to cook them on a the grill. Just uh, to me, because the, the bone gets a temp- temperature. But in the sous vide, my God. Perfect. I threw them in there last night and then took, took them out. And I feared it not even a minute. Not even a minute. I like between both sides for so like 30 seconds, boom, boom, flip them over, yep. let it sit another two, three minutes, and that's it. it Unbelievable. It, they are, it, and it's so easy. I know a lot of people have a hard time cooking a steak to the right temperature. You can't mess it up with sous vide. You set the, te- and like I said, nope, nope. I've never even bothered with those time charts. I know they're out there because. I'm I'm usually not in a hurry. I love the fact that I don't have to thaw anything ahead of time. I take it right out of the freezer. It goes right into the bag, right into the sous vide. An hour later, it's perfect temp, and I'm done. So, I, you know, I can throw oh, it in absolutely. the sous vide, go do whatever else I want to do, and if I come back in an hour and a half or two hours, so what? doesn't matter. I did yep, ribs yep. once. I did ribs just because I found this recipe and somebody said they were incredible, 48 hours in the sous vide. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, They and they were pretty damn amazing. <laughs> they really were. Yeah, that's a good, like, that's a great, great tool for that. Now, here's my other question. Now, this Sigmatic to- Coffee you were talking about, you, you're, obviously you're working on getting in this store. How long before you guys get that do you have an idea or not? Uh, i would think i you know i should check with lisa i gave her the list last week i think she's already placed the order i mean they could potentially come in this week okay yeah because i've been doing the bulletproof the uh mentalist stuff and then now you were talking about that cardio coffee last week and now you're talking know, about the there's, sigmatic. yeah there's it, 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 it's like uh, <laughs> there's a coffee out there for whatever you want to accomplish you know the the cardiology coffee or the cardi cardiology coffee i think he calls it um i just have to say that that's not a big deal for me i've tried all the coffees that are low in mycotoxins it doesn't change anything for me right I, I've, I've tried it multiple times. So what that tells me is I'm just not very susceptible to mold toxins. But some people are really right, sensitive right. to them. I've, I've had some people say okay. changing their coffee to a clean coffee like the cardiology coffee makes a huge difference for them. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, what made a now, big difference the other for guy me that called- what was the adaptogens. I, I am sold on the whole adaptogen thing. I, I am still yeah. loading up with them because I'm still noticing changes. That's what I wanted to touch on, too, because like that other guy that called in, he was talking about the coffee. I think he might have been talking about the, co- the cacao because 
I do the cacao and um, what the the light brown box. I put that in my coffee, and I make regular coffee, and then I do, you know, I do the, the NDK coffee. And I only put one package in. I mean, I should be putting two, I'm guessing, judging by what you're saying, but it works fine. Now now you're talking about the, these drinks. I, I'm going to order the, the chill and all that other stuff to make them at night because but my, here's another thing. Again, I've been looking up. After you're talking about this hot honey, I went and found, like, a place it's got a kind of local, but not, you know, it's from South Carolina. And I started putting that on everything just about. <laughs> and I know. It's amazing how it, it, the flavor, like, you know, put it on, you can put it on cheese. Like, well, you have, like, if you have yeah. a charcuterie board, you know, that used to, I mean, I, they used to do that too. But now with the hot honey on, it's like, oh. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. Hot honey and goat cheese. One of my favorites, either just yeah. squirt some hot honey right on it or take the peppers that you used and chop those up and mix them into some goat cheese. Oh, then, that yeah, is so yeah. good. <laughs> I know. And you know what I started doing too now that I found this is I started to like, I do my um, cardio miracle like in uh, inside. Sometimes I take it first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll take it thing with me in the truck and I'll, you know, but, but I put uh, a little bit of hot water, the hot honey, and then I put the cardio milk, I hit it with a stick blender and then I just put some water in, fill it up with ice and I just, you know, feel like I'll be having mine probably about an hour from now. You know, and, and again, the flavor, it pulls the flavor out of the uh, Cardio Miracle with it, the hot honey. It, it, it's so funny because I've never talked about this, but that's how I do my Cardio Miracle. I, I always start it with hot water. It mixes so much better that way. Um, no, you then, did mention that. That's how I got I, it. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember if I ever talked about that or not. And then I yeah. hit it with a little bit of apple cider vinegar, now some hot honey, and then I put yep, in ice. Same thing. And, yeah. Yep. And, man, I, I Lisa and I both now, that's just a daily thing. Whoever starts making theirs first, they just make two of them. Um, so some days she makes it for us both. Some days I make it, but that that's become like NDK coffee. I don't miss that one anymore. And now my evening yeah. drink of the, the cacao with Rishi, um, those three are just, those are just a part of my day now. Nice. Here's another too for everybody out there that's either just getting started on this journey, just starting to listen. It's not like you said before, it's easy You truly want to do? If you could truly just take, just take two weeks, and and, and just eat what not eat what you're supposed to, not with you know, yeah. no carbs, no no grains or nothing. Just two weeks and try that and see what results you get. And then once you get once you get that two weeks, sometimes three, depending on how you got. Me, it took two weeks. I don't know if you remember when I when it hit me. I, I had club feet as a kid. I had oh, so yeah. much inflammation in my feet. Yeah. I, I, I limped. And I was, I was telling you on the phone, my mother said to me, I can't believe how much better you're walking. And, you was, and like, I started getting choked up. Yeah, I was getting I choked up now. Right. And my mother said, I can't believe, you know, that, the way you're walking. And you said to me, it's not right to get a, a, a radio host. This is what you were at the other place <laughs> to, to start to cry. But again, that stuck with me because now I'm saying, my God, the way I feel to be able to, you know, to not have the pain. I, used, I mean, I've been dealing with it since I was. Since I can remember, Isn't I mean, you know, I've, I've I know problems since I was a kid. Yeah, and and I, I mean, occasionally I'll get up, you know, if I 
do something, have something I shouldn't have, or, you know, I just stepped the wrong way. It's still there a little bit, but just the inflammation alone in the joints is, 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 so if there's anybody out there that's looking to start this, and again, I, I, I don't think people, you know, people have been listening a while, don't think it's about a money grab for you, but the stuff that, when you first started this, you didn't have all these additional things that came along, which is, thank God you researched it. And, and help and did it so it helps the people even more that have been doing it. But if you just start it off, you don't need all this stuff. You need this just simple stuff. Butter in your coffee, you can start off. There's no grain. I mean, so, it doesn't take a lot of money in the beginning to, 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 it, to do it. Here's the crazy thing. In reality here, in reality, everybody's worried about inflation. Everybody's worried about the economy and money. I could make somebody outrageously healthy and they would spend less money than they currently do today. They don't have to buy Absolutely. a single. They don't have to buy a single supplement. You don't need them. They help. Nope. They can help a lot of things. But you can still be far healthier than you are today. Zero supplements. It, you're just going to eat real Absolutely. food, mostly animals. Look, don't even worry about the grass-fed part in the beginning. It's not that important in the beginning. Get your meat anywhere. Any meat you get is healthier than all the other crap you've been eating in your diet. So don't even stress about the whole grass-fed thing. Just go to whatever grocery store you go to and buy animal products. Buy eggs and meat and cheese and dairy. I don't care if it's poor quality. It's still a huge improvement. So right away, your grocery bill is going to go down because you're not buying all the processed crap. And you're going to eat less. Yep. You just just know it. Without even trying, you're going to eat less, so your cost goes down. And then the other two things you could do immediately for your health that cost nothing, the Wim Hof breathing and the cold exposure. Huge improvements yep. in your health. Yep. You change your diet and add those two things, you will be blown away by how good you feel. And if we wanted to... I designed a whole bunch of resistance training that uses body weight only, no equipment whatsoever. No, absolutely. I just want you, like I said, and it's actually usually people thought to do this after the New Year, you know, New Year's resolution. But no, start today. Like 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 Fred said, a couple other people. That's it. Start today. Start today. You know, oh, I'll wait till Monday. Oh, I had it. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, like, if you yeah. truly want to get on this journey, and I've fallen off. I trust me. I've oh, I've gone. I've had. Does. Drink a bunch of beer. I mean, yeah. and, and again, I, the, the way you feel the next day is like crap. Yeah. And then you're like, damn. All right. Yeah. So did it, was, did it, was it worth it? Sometimes it was. Right. There's a lot of times it wasn't. Exactly. But again, to just get back on track and, and that's all it takes. Yep. Yeah. I don't right. care if you had. somebody else get in there. I, I don't care if you had the worst breakfast ever this morning. So what? Have a better lunch. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Kev. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for the call. All right. I think we're going to wrap this up today. We are all out of calls. I have a lot of stuff I could go work on. All good stuff. I have a lot of projects going on that I need to make some headway on. Uh, anything? Oh, you know what? I do need to talk about the store a little bit. Uh, we do have a special going on. I got to find it here. Uh, here we go. So, um, I, first off, I want to thank everybody who has been ordering from our store. It's been a good month for us. Uh, this year has been a struggle revenue-wise. Not horrible. I'm not worried. But it's, it's, uh, it's never any fun to go backwards in business. You know, we had a couple really good years. 
Um, not being unserious has limited our reach. We don't bring in nearly as many new people as we used to. We're not really ready to yet, but I wish we were. We're getting closer. Uh, once we get most of our technology worked out, then we will really start to grow the tribe again. So we haven't been growing it, which means we depend on, you know, our current tribe members to help us out a little bit. And you did, you stepped up. I asked a couple of weeks ago, store sales have been strong. Let's keep it that way. Really does help us. And in order to kind of incentivize you a little bit, we had a great uh, sale last week. We're continuing it this week with um, a new special. You can still get 20% off if you buy gift cards in our store. You can buy a gift card right in the store. Then you can use it whenever. You can give them away for Christmas, but you're still getting that 20% discount we were running last week. So um, your $100 gift card will only cost you 80 bucks. a $200 gift card will cost you 160 can't beat that deal so um and the beauty of that is you can buy the cards now and i mean we have so much stuff in the store now we have so much good food if you haven't looked at the food options we have in the store it's incredible between the soups um the nuts the granola mixes the seafood the chocolate, the, I could just go on and on and on. We have a lot of really good food in the store now. So check that out. Uh, we have new products coming in. We're working with some new vendors. We're going to be bringing in the, the Four Sigmatic. The beauty of this special, buy the card now. You get your savings now. You can use it whenever you want or give them away or both. All right, so uh, I talked myself right into another call because there's a call coming in. So, Angie, go ahead and screen that one. I'll take it since I'm here. Uh, so, yes, help us out. We do appreciate it. Um, we are probably still down um, both revenue and profit-wise about 10% from last year. That's our first down year in a long, long time. So it's, uh, we're fine not worried about it, but um, it just means I'll have to slow down a little on projects it, it, because normally, you know, we cash flow all of our projects. So when, when cash is coming in, I can spend more on projects. When it's not, I usually back off a little bit. We don't borrow money. We don't leverage anything. So we do depend on your cash flow. So help us out. Head on over to letstruck.com. Stock up on some of those gift cards. Get your 20% off. And then you have as much time as you want uh, to use them. Let's go to Kansas. Bob, you snuck in under the wire here. What can I help you with? A little bit about blood sugar. My readings are from about 95 to 120. Okay. Most generally around 107 to 115 when I wake up in the morning. After I eat breakfast, it has all, on last number of times, it's been dropping to 95 Excellent. after I eat breakfast. Excellent. That's actually a good pattern. Nothing about that pattern worries me. I'm assuming you're eating very low carb. That's the idea. Yeah. So how long have you been doing it? Oh, over a year. Okay. So after eight years, I still see changes in my blood sugar and what I can eat. 
like I, I just said, I probably ate more carbohydrates over the last four days than I normally do in a two-week period and no real blood sugar spikes. I wouldn't have been able to do that five years ago even. I, I, it, I, you know, it took us decades to become as insulin resistant as we are. We make a lot of progress really quickly, but we continue to make progress. The longer you do this, the better your blood sugar will, will be. But there's nothing wrong with your pattern. When you're not over 140, we're not doing damage. We're not releasing a lot of insulin. So this pattern you're in doesn't worry me at all. It's pretty common. One of the things you may okay. want to try um, on those mornings, let's say you wake up and your fasting is 117. Try to correlate that with how late you may have eaten something. Blood sugar is really weird. Okay. I did not figure this out until I wore the continuous glucose monitor. Whenever you eat something during the day and you're awake, that only has an effect on your blood sugar for about three or four hours max, usually not even that long. The one exception is alcohol. Alcohol will mess with your blood sugar for about 24 to 36 hours. It's that bad. But food, when you eat it during the day, is pretty consistent. It has an impact on your blood sugar for about three hours max. For some reason, though, when you eat in the evening, whatever you eat in the evening can affect your blood sugar for like 12 hours or more. So when I kept having those kind of, you know, high readings in the morning, I wasn't really worried about it, but I couldn't figure out why I was getting those. And it turned out every time I did that, it was because I ate later at night. So by, by shifting my eating window backwards so that I don't eat usually after seven and I'm usually in bed between nine and 10, then I don't get that higher reading in the morning. If I snack on something even small, like 8.30 or nine o'clock, it'll mess with my blood sugar you know, into the next day. Okay. And what seemed funny to me is after breakfast, it always drops. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening is our body needs glucose. Our brain needs glucose. And if we don't eat enough glucose, which we shouldn't be, and we don't when we eat this way, our body has to make it. And it just seems like when it makes it, it makes more than it needs to overnight. And we, I mean, we call this the dawn effect. It's very well documented. You're, you're like, well, how did my blood sugar go up? I didn't eat anything. Well, your body can make your blood sugar go up. Stress can make your blood sugar go up. Uh, so sometimes we find out, again, wearing the Garmin watch when I can see my stress all night long. If I have a high reading in the morning, it'll almost always correlate to more stress in my sleep. So after I eat, it's got blood sugar added in a in a natural way with the food, and it naturally it, drops. Yep, yeah. Your body says, "Oh, look, there's some food there. There's a little bit of glucose in there. We're fine. We don't need to make any anymore." And that's a common pattern. People who have that high dawn effect reading tend to go down the rest of the day when they eat. I appreciate it very much. Have a good day, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that is a very, very common pattern. All right. We're going to go to Montana. Scott, welcome to the program. 
Hi, good morning, Kevin. Um, I got two questions, uh, both regarding uh, digestion. All right. Um, I uh, no, number one, uh, I, I have gas all the time. That's not but, a good uh, sign. I'm just wondering. Right. So I'm not sure what to do about it. I can help. I'm wondering what is, how do I know if I have good digestion? Okay. Okay. So first off, we should not be gassy all the time. You know, I, I just, um, are, are you a member of Healthy Tribe? I am. Okay. Did you see the video I posted with um, Bear Grylls? Uh, no, I haven't. Look that up. Go find it. it, it it's on there. The, the video's been all over Twitter. I've seen it a couple places. It was actually on a BBC show, and it's Bear Grylls, and he's just outside, and he's talking to this other guy, and I have no idea who the other guy is. And Bear Grylls starts talking about the way he eats. And he says, oh, yeah, steak. I just love to cook big, big piles of steak with eggs, a whole bunch of eggs and some honey. And I thought, wow, he, he happened to mention honey in there specifically. And the, the other guy looks at him and says, well, you don't eat like that every night, do you? He says, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Steak every day. Lots of it. Uh, and no veggies. Hardly any veggies or fruit. And the, the guy actually says, you just made the statement that's going to get you canceled. Uh, that struck me as, is that how screwed up we are now? You say something about the way you eat and you're going to get canceled over it. But at the end, he talks about how much better he feels. Oh, and the, and the, guy, the guy asked him at the end, he says, well, okay, what about legumes? Or maybe he says pulses. I forget. They're both basically the same thing. We're talking about beans. And, and Bear Grylls says, uh-huh. oh, no, beans are awful. Um, and you're always gassy. And the guy says, well, is that a bad thing? And he says, yeah, it's a bad thing. It's a pretty good indication that your gut's not very happy with you. Really, when you eat good and your digestion is right, almost no gas whatsoever. None. It's almost non-existent. And what little bit you have tends to not smell. That, that's a really good sign that you've got good digestion. If you have really smelly gas all the time, you've got dysbiosis. So that, that's one sign. Um, the best way I can explain um, what your digestion should look like at the end is um, look up what's called the Bristol stool chart, B-I-R-S-T-O-L, Bristol stool chart, because you'll get pictures and descriptions. It'll tell you exactly what ah, your stool okay. should look like uh, when your digestion is right and when it's not right, it will give you some ideas of what might be going wrong. Okay. Uh, and I thought I was eating pretty decent. Not pretty well, you clean, may be. But, you know, I don't you, do a lot of vegetables. Like yeah, you, you, you may be, but a lot of times we have to do some additional work on digestion. It took me probably three or four years after I was eating right to get my digestion right. Sometimes I'd get it right and then it would, you know, whatever problem I had would come back. I wouldn't digest fat properly. It took me a while. I mean, I went through multiple kits. Now I feel like my digestion is just about perfect almost all the time. I mean, it's really, and I haven't taken 
supplements for my digestion in probably a couple of years now. And it, everything just works fine. But it wasn't, it wasn't automatic. Um, if we get dysbiosis, that can sometimes be tough to get rid of. Okay. Well, I've been thinking about doing the gut kit, and I guess uh, it's time to do it. Yeah, if you're if you're still having you know negative digestive symptoms now to kind of target it better, you could do a discovery call with Lauren, and because we have lots of kits, you know we have some that you know if people have poor stomach acid, that wasn't really my problem. Mine was poor fat digestion. Uh, sometimes we have SIBO, uh, so we have different kits, and if you want to kind of narrow it down to which kit's going to do you the most good. Um, Lauren can help you with that in just the free discovery call. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like a plan. Uh, you already answered my second question, so um, that's all I got. There you go. All right. That's all I need today. And now we are going to wrap this up. We will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Uh, pretty normal schedule this week. I think we have a guest on Wednesday. I'm just not sure who, but uh, all the shows are happening this week. Uh, there's a new commentary should be on the app from this morning. I already have um, most of my commentary written for the rest of the week. So should be no problem getting those all done this week. Uh, what else we got going on? We've got the sales. So come on over and help us out in the store. Um, the closer we can get to last year's numbers, that would be a good thing. So we could use your help. All right. Oh, we have um, Forrest Pritchard on Wednesday. That's good. We haven't had him back in a while. Uh, Forrest is uh, all about regenerative farming and building the soil, and that should be a great conversation. All right. We are all done. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.